You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. And welcome to another episode of the Film Feast podcast. I'm your host, Matt Bledsoe. Uh, this week, we are ranking all nine films in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. Uh, and who would be crazy enough to join me for this undertaking? Uh, well, it's someone who's a first time guest in the show. Uh, we've been friends on Twitter for a while now, and he's the host of the always delightful VHS podcast. It's Dirk Marshall. Dirk, uh, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm super excited to be here and talk about these nine masterpieces. <laughs> All or, nine masterpieces. A Not a bad one in the bunch, as we'll, <laughs> I'm sure we'll discuss. I like that you're already laughing about this idea because this is going to be can be something uh, so. yeah I, well just so people know there's a bit of a backstory where i was gonna be on one of your episodes but it was of a kind of disturbing movie and it was right after last uh, 31 and 31 or october and you were like this is a little disturbing right now because i've watched so many horror movies maybe we should wait and i said okay great and now we're doing nine texas chain <laughs> movies. i really yeah i forgot about this i really made this worse on myself <laughs> because i was like I think we could say, because it, it was, wasn't it the um, Rob Zombie Firefly trilogy? Okay. Yeah. So instead of watching three Rob Zombie movies, I chose to watch nine Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre movies. Doesn't really make sense now that I think about it in retrospect. Um, I, I can't remember who pitched, I think, I can't remember, I don't want to blame anyone. I don't know who pitched this idea. <laughs> I did. It was me. Okay. I put it out on Twitter and I said, if anybody wants to, and then you responded, you DM me to say, yeah, let's do it. And I was so excited because I wanted to be on Film Fees for a while. And then to get to have this discussion with you, because we have, you know, varied movie tastes. We, of course, have overlap. And I just thought it would be so fun to see what's our in our top ones in the bottom. I mean, the middle is going to be a human stew of sorts. <laughs> it's, uh, it'll be great. Oh, yeah, that's I forgot. That's how that went. But you put it out there and I said, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, you responded really quickly. And I was I like, right, I'll I delete jump. so that no one else, at, you know, it turns out no one else came knocking. So <laughs> I wonder why <laughs> I jumped right on that idea. Um, no, I mean, a franchise, we'll get into it. A, a, a franchise of wildly varying yeah. quality in the movies. Of yeah. Just just bonkers. Um, can't wait to talk about it. Uh, so, But before before we rank all nine of these movies, um, yeah. I guess because I I was originally going to skip the what have you seen lately, but then we talked about it. I I don't just want to talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like let's talk about some other things. Okay, know, great. To pep you know just pepper these in here to make my uh, make me feel better. So what anything you want to bring up that you've seen recently? Uh, a couple things. Go ahead. So yeah, of course. Uh, I thought it'd be good to have some rewatches since this was kind of the 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 vibe for this since I have seen these films before. Uh, so I watched Pieces from 1982. Have you seen that? 
I have seen pieces. So yeah, I, uh... directed by Juan Piquer Simone, who did Slugs, The Rift, and Cthulhu Mansion. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. It's a co-eds in Boston being hunted by a man who's making a human jigsaw puzzle with a chainsaw. <laughs> oh, so it ties yeah. to the episode. Good. <laughs> Interesting, right? <laughs> yeah. Pieces is a movie. Mine, but, you know. Oh, so, Pieces is a movie you can't forget once you've seen Pieces, I'm pretty sure. It's a pretty memorable experience. <laughs> right. And I've, I've mentioned it before on my podcast, but it's a film that I saw before I knew that there was movies from Italy or Spain or like I was so young I just didn't know why this movie looked so weird because like, <laughs> this is American and I was like but is it like what is happening and uh and so it left a huge impression on me I love it I, I have the jigsaw puzzle it's um it's a treasure so that's my, that's my first one should I keep going or you you know back and forth I usually just people just kind of say all theirs and then we then we go to me just to knock out your your watches. So oh, okay, great. Well, I'll keep it varied. And the next one is Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers from uh, <laughs> 1988, directed by Fred Olin Ray. Uh, it starts I'm off sensing with, a theme here, Dirk. I feel like <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, it starts <laughs> off with the text and narration. It's light years before American Psycho, but you get a great scene where a fully nude woman creates a kill room and then chainsaw kills her John. It's a oh, lot of fun. Wow. So yeah. Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I've heard of it, but I, I've not seen that one. That, okay. I mean, what, mm-hmm. what about Junior from 1984? Did you see Junior? I mean, I've seen Junior with Arnold Schwarzenegger from like 93, no. two ones. I don't know when that was, but yeah, I've not seen Junior from 84. Slightly different. This has a cover that has a killer with a chainsaw. We had it in my dad's video store. There's even references to Texas Chainsaw Massacre in it, uh, but it's more of like redneck sexploitation kind of thing. It's gross. The characters are gross. <laughs> uh, it's still trapped on VHS. I I don't, it's not great. Um, not to be negative, but then uh, I would like to say uh, Machine Girl from 2008. Are you familiar with Machine Girl? Yeah, that's, is that a Japanese film? Yeah, Japanese shock gore film featuring a lady with a machine gun arm and there's chainsaws and drill bras and flying guillotines. <laughs> I've, I've seen the poster. I have not <laughs> seen the movie. No, but I, I know of it. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a trailer on YouTube that pretty much tells you everything you need to know. That's good. Okay. Uh, and then last, I wanted to mention Tiger on Beat from 1988. It's a Hong Kong action comedy starring Chow Yun-Fat and Conan Lee. It's, uh, it's got my favorite chainsaw fight of all time in it. Uh, it's coming soon to Blu-ray. So that's what I wanted to round it out with. Oh, it is coming to Blu-ray? Yeah, I saw um, this. I was super excited. I don't know if it was 88 films or I saw someone tweeting about it. I tried to find the tweet for this, um, but I ran out of time because I was watching all these chainsaw movies. <laughs> did, okay. I, did you actually watch all these? Is this for the bit? No, 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 no. <laughs> you, I mean, I appreciate the commitment to the bit. This is... I, yeah. I this am is, that's the story of, of my life. <laughs> I I'm all about just committing to a bit and just going through with it all the way. So I really appreciate this. Um, I, Tiger on Beat, you sent me the clip yeah. of the chainsaw fight, which I've not seen in full. I've seen like very short clips. Yeah. You sent me like a whole, I don't know, three, four minute chainsaw yep. fight. It's amazing. I was yeah. like, I have to see this movie. I already want to see it, but I have to see it as soon as possible. So I will be looking for that Blu-ray that you mentioned. So, oh, yeah. Um, it looks yeah. great too. That clip looks fantastic. It did I look have really good. That grainy rip of it, and I'm gonna pick up that Blu-ray for sure. I'm all in for a Chow Yun Fat movie with chainsaw fights. Like I, yes, I was like, <laughs> sign me up. Um, incredible. Thank you, Dirk. Uh, do you have anything other chainsaw movies <laughs> before? 
I don't, that's as far as the bit went before I started being like, this is a lot. I mean, how much of this time do I want to take with this? I, I can't believe you wanted to see anything with a chainsaw after all the, the movies. I, well, that's the thing. That's the problem with how my brain works. I didn't. But then I saw pieces on my shelf and I was like, you know what might be funny? <laughs> and also, I had told you that this watching oh. all nine of these films almost ruined my marriage because uh, <laughs> what happened was my wife and I, we work together from home. We, we live together. It's like we're always around each other, which is wonderful. It really works for us. I hear from other people, not great for them. Um, <laughs> they, they need that separation, but we, we are very happy that way. However, I do have empathy towards her not sitting through all nine Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. So I would watch one. And then when she went to bed, I would then watch another one. Um, but to get through the second one, I would maybe have a beer or two. Um, and then I, you know, I don't want to wake her up when I go to bed. So then I'd sleep on the couch. So if you're doing the math, like that's a succession of nights in a row oh where God. we're looking like we're separated. <laughs> and I'm kind of like a hobo that smells of alcohol. Like it just, it, uh, it was, it was not oh. great. So my wife's very happy that we're recording tonight. <laughs> Good Lord. I can't believe that this. <laughs> I when you told me this earlier I was like I'm so glad I didn't ruin your marriage with this no, episode no. idea it was, it's all in joke but it was also very, very oh. I was like oh this is how things fall apart this is it, <laughs> this, is how it this is how it's gonna end honey get the, the divorce papers ready so take yeah. a chance off massacres fall. <laughs> um I, I have a girlfriend we don't film. live in the same house but uh I, I I'm sure she would have been even less uh, appreciative of watching nine text chancel massacre movies. And listen, I spread these out over like a decent chunk of time. They're kind of, it's kind of bad because they're kind of like a weird gumbo in my mind right now of like parts of the movie floating together. Like there's some things that are very distinct. Uh, some things I will probably question if they were actually in this chainsaw movie or that chainsaw movie. Yeah. Um, it was something, but uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get more. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I have a couple things I want to talk about. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't have any good segue from your chainsaw bit because my I didn't do a bit. I should have, but uh, I just have things I watched that were so far from Texas Chainsaw Massacre because I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so yeah, um, I was gonna come in with a bunch of Criterion stuff because I'm like, I'm gonna be on Film Feast. I gotta be classy. And then at the last second, like the little devil on my shoulder was like, or <laughs> all right. I don't know where we gave you the impression we're a classy show. I, I, I feel like you have very intelligent guests on. Oh, well, we, yes, we have very intelligent guests. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I think this is like the, it's kind of a popcorn type show or a, sure. a hot dog and beer type. I don't know that was a weird combo, but like a hot dog and soda type show. I don't know, but uh, it's uh, we're not full A. I don't think <laughs> we have, we have filet mignon level guests. Yeah, I, well, I think it's quality. I, I listen well, thank to you. you as the host, the film, and the guests. They all three, I think, are are wonderful, and I think I've heard almost every episode. Oh well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I just um, so I, this is I, I should have set myself up. You know what? I'll say I'll say the thing I was going to do last first because the other thing it's a weird segue if I do it. So uh, uh, I saw Morbius, <laughs> Jared Leto's oh, Morbius. Wow. Finally finally blessed the cinema after like three years of uh delays and seeing that trailer i don't know 75 times <laughs> like, yeah, so after this like big wait did you like it morbius or lesbius than you thought you would <laughs> oh oh lesbius oh dirt. Okay. let me tell you uh, morbius is not a good movie uh like morbius was like i went in with 
I thought fairly low expectations and they were still not met. Uh, it was, it was very bad. It was, I, I, I almost feel like a dog pile at this point because that's what most people say about Morbius. It's, it's not a good movie. Um, it feels like, and this almost has been said, I think by the director that I, I don't think he had a lot of control on the project at a certain point. I don't okay. think he even knew certain things were happening, <laughs> uh, with certain cameos that pop up. Um, so it feels like a complete mess of a movie. It's it looks pretty bad for the most part. Some really bad, but CGI. Uh, Jared Leto is not good. I was reading about how he was getting really method for the whole thing, and I don't know why he did that. <laughs> like um, he he's not good with humor. I you know he he uh, seems like <laughs> a real fun guy. <laughs> he has like these beats where he tries to be humorous in the movie. They don't work. It's so plotting and it's not even that long. It's like an hour 40 or something, which is like for a super movie, like That's short. very short. Like and, half a movie. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> very short. I went with my my sister and uh, her fiance and and they are not as like hardcore movie people as we are. And even they were like, this is a real piece of shit. Like they were <laughs> they were not. They both yeah. actually in the middle at different times, both fell asleep for short portions of the movie. Oh, like ouch. It's very boring. It's. It is a mess. Like it's just, it has no drive to it. It has no no reason to exist. I feel bad saying that, but it's like, oh, it was bad. It was really bad. I couldn't, you know, I don't know. It was not great. I just, I, yeah. So lesbias is, uh, it's it's not good. Um, So weird. We've been joking around so much, and now I have to talk about like uh, some sad news about. We heard about Bruce Willis recently. Yeah. um, and about what he's dealing with. And uh, I believe it's called aphasia is the, mm-hmm. the condition. And so, I, and I feel so bad because like for, I don't know, the past decade, he's been doing a lot of these like DTV movies and everyone was giving him a lot of shit because it was like, they were like for higher movies where he'd show up for a couple of days and make a million dollars. And we all of a sudden he didn't care anymore, you know? Cause there were already stories for years and years about like that he could be kind of a jerk on the set <laughs> of, you know, things and yeah. Um, yeah, be kind of hard to deal with. So it was kind of very easy to believe he was just like, you know, saying, fuck it. I want to go make <laughs> money for doing very little work and putting a little effort in. Um, and now it sounds like that was not definitely the case. And I feel bad for any jokes I made about the whole thing, because it sounds like he was just trying to work while he could and get money set for his family, all these things. So, um, so yeah, I was, I felt bad. And I was like, I do love Bruce Willis for the most part. Like he's made some movies that I absolutely love. I yeah, think when absolutely. he's like, when he's on and he's like into it, he's great. Like, I think he's just like, um, cause there's 2012, I think he had Looper and Moonrise Kingdom in the same year. And I think he's really committed to both those movies and he's really still good in both those movies. Um, so clearly he could still do it when he wanted to. So I was on a Bruce Willis kick is all that's the setup. I was on a big Bruce Willis kick and I watched, um, I rewatched uh, Hudson Hawk. Have you seen Hudson Hawk? Yeah. <laughs> a movie I watched for the first time last year oh, and wow. did not really care for <laughs> yeah. um and maybe the news kind of softened me on Hudson Hawk a little bit but I was like that's like one of the most Bruce Willis movies because he's it's all about him like being like a huge star in I think it's 91 and he's like it's just him using his like cachet to make this crazy movie that he helped I think come up with the story for yeah. and um I liked it a little better it's still a fucking bonkers mess of a movie <laughs> like i who was i talking to i was describing it as like it's like every idea 
no one said no to any idea in Hudson Hawk. Every idea was put into the movie. Like someone's like, why do we name the character for candy bars? Sure, do it. Like, why don't we uh, have Da Vinci? Do it. Like, why don't we do cappuccinos? It's like everything. And I read that uh, the trivia was like, uh, Bruce Willis was coming on the set constantly and being like, hey, let's do this. And they would just throw the idea into the movie with no, like, you know, with no thought. They were just like, do it. Whatever Bruce wants. Um, he gets to sing. You know, he loves to sing. Uh, okay. He gets to be funny. I mean, it's a really, it's a, I mean, for him looking like, kind of a star and all his talents it's good for that like i mean it's a real like i mean it's a vanity project i'm kind of a sucker for these i i love last action hero i mean that's a big schwarzenegger vanity project yeah so like this is definitely bruce willis's last action hero a guy at the peak of his star power uh making a crazy movie um i i liked it more i, I was trying to think too you might help me on this so schwarzenegger has last action hero which is like his big kind of vanity project bomb yeah willis has hudson hawk which is his bomb what is stallone's does stallone have a big vanity project that was a bomb well stopper my mom will shoot wasn't great <laughs> i was i thought about that one as an option oscar, right well, i might be oscar it might be yeah i mean that from what i've heard of, i've not seen oscar actually but from what i've heard i know like that was kind of uh, a departure for him <laughs> and uh you know didn't do well just wait um, till you hear some bad news about Stallone and then you can watch Oscar and maybe that'll help like you think it's better <laughs> maybe I don't, I don't know I don't think it'll work that way I'm glad you you went back to see uh, Hudson Hawk again I think that that's a film that is very fun to uh revisit it's a lot more fun than probably the first time watch especially <laughs> if you have some of the backstory like you have of that like just the craziness because imagine how fun it is that you are successful and receiving accolades and whatnot, that you're put in a position where you can walk onto a movie set and be like cappuccinos or whatever it is. And like, <laughs> that's in the movie. Like, it's just like, well, how wild would that be? Yeah. And I would get so addicted to the craziness of that, that I would just be like, okay, um, you, you're going to wear a suit made of Furbies that are talking the entire time. <laughs> like, you know, I would just like, it would be the craziest thing. Like oh. it would be, no sense and people blame me for completely and i would say yes 100 percent. that's my fault <laughs> yes i did have the talking suit of fur piece on the yes. set. that <laughs> should be in a movie now i want that uh i mean yeah it was that's a good point it's like if you have that kind of power would most of us be like yeah i want to do whatever i want in this crazy right. movie like yes i'm gonna sing show tunes while i do a bank robbery you know i'm gonna do and there, it's like a that movie is also like a weird like looney tunes cartoon at points like That's it's like humor. yeah there's like cartoon sound effects people fall down there's like i think you're putting like people size like holes in walls you know like the, like it's it's i i appreciate the weirdness of that movie now the first time i couldn't wrap my head around it i was like what in the fuck is this and this time i'm like this is so crazy this even got made that's what i kind of appreciate about yeah. hudson hawk like um i don't fully love it still i do like it though <laughs> i'm like this is fun um so ridiculous. I mean, it is absolutely completely ridiculous. But yeah, you know what? It's it's a good it's a good Bruce Willis thing because he's having fun. It's like the most fun I think I've ever had. I've seen him having anything. <laughs> right. He's in a great mood. That's I mean, that's that's fun to see, especially <laughs> if you hear something so as you know sad for him and his family. It's what's going on right now. I had just watched like the last movie that had come out with uh, he's in it with like Owen Wilson. Um, oh, um, I, I don't remember the name of it. But I, you know, I also watched Midnight in the Switchgrass and like a couple of, a couple of the other ones. And I, I thought this news kind of came out unofficially over a year ago. So I was just sort of watching these 
kind of excited that he was still getting the work. I heard he had moved closer to the family and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And, um, and in this last one, they definitely, I mean, it's, it's sad to see because you can see the, the sort of affect that's happening, even though they're cutting around it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, you know, you can't hide everything forever. And, um, but also it's, you know, it's, it's not the best movie. <laughs> yeah. Funny. I mean, it, it, you know, it's not like it's completely his fault or, you know, they well-made oh. well movies besides him, you know, yeah, being exactly. in the movie. <laughs> so no, yeah. The editing is crazy. And just Interesting. like, I mean, Owen Wilson's character, he's, it's, it's like, he's trying to be Vince Vaughn. I'm not, it's very strange. It's a strange movie. <laughs> oh, is it, is it Luke Wilson? Cause I'm seeing one uh, with Luke Wilson called Gasoline uh, Alley. Yes. Sorry. Who am I saying? Owen? You're saying Owen. Yeah. I mean, that's sorry, no, they are brothers. I mean, <laughs> yeah. 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 Luke. I, Luke, Luke I was, okay. Anyway, sorry. I yeah. Like, Gasoline oh, Alley. It is. It's uh, it's something to watch. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of curious. Like I know everyone, this, you know, we've everyone's dog on his movies. I'm like, are there any hidden gems possibly amongst uh, no okay it's not that situation not that i've seen i enjoyed uh some of midnight in the switchgrass just basically because I, I mean no really i guess lucas haas as the killer um it was just I, i'm a sucker for those like the thrillers from like the 90s kind of thing it had that vibe for sure oh uh -huh. um, and then i just didn't understand why megan fox and bruce willis were in it. I, I actually there's a scene in there too with um, machine gun kelly where i was like he's the worst actor in this whole thing like <laughs> by far right right you know? bruce is like you know doesn't have a lot to work with and megan's not even in the same room with him so she doesn't have anybody to work well for, but like he is he's not a good actor <laughs> yeah i didn't think so about machine gun kelly i didn't i didn't think he was a great actor so oh, um, worst singer i mean if we're being honest like oh i just heard a punk album and it's just like Oh no! Like, yeah, and I just like, heard a clip of him doing a cover of System of a Down's "Aerials." Oh, you sir, it, oh, I heard that too. <laughs> it was one of the worst things I've heard in a long time. <laughs> like, oh, this is, is brutal. Some of these Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, if you will, people. Oh boy. Um. So yeah, I. Oh, would wait. Sorry, this is would Stallone's thing be over the top? Could that be his big Fandy project failure? Because I feel like was that a failure? well let's go to imdb hang on <laughs> like i thought it lost uh canon lots of money because it cost so much money it was like they they kept pouring money into over the top i yeah, felt like well, they could have lost money that way i remember it being pretty well received when i was a kid when it came Interesting. out but um, you know well the budget was 25 million dollars it only made 16 million worldwide 16 huh so it it lost I mean, nine million dollars <laughs> like I, <laughs> It's a lot to think that people want to watch arm wrestling competitions. <laughs> Golden was... Arm, however, is a great com comedy about arm I, wrestling. I've heard about that. It sounds funny. That Very I... fun. All women arm wrestling. Wonderful characters. <laughs> Betsy Sodaro's in it. She's splendid. I highly recommend it. It's hard to play the arm wrestling that serious that straight. I feel like it's just kind yeah, of ridiculous. a little over the top, some would say. Uh, yeah, I kind of like over the top, though, honestly. I saw it for the first time a few years ago, and I was like, I kind of unironically enjoy over the top. But yeah. um, that's, I mean, that's kind of like the canon thing. There was that canon documentary, and it's like, I feel like um, Golan and Globus would get these ideas in their heads about what's the hot thing, and they would just make a movie about it. I think one of them got the idea that, like, Guys, arm wrestling is the future. We have to make an arm wrestling and pour twenty five million dollars into it in nineteen eighty seven. Like, and I think 
probably 10 of that or 15 of that went to Stallone probably. Yeah. They probably paid him like a good chunk of the budget. So, yeah. um, oh boy. So, um, okay. Speaking of and stuff, we rewatched, I, I watched, uh, rewatched Looper. Have you seen Looper with Bruce Willis? Uh, I watched it without him, but I did see. Looper. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, yes, I saw Looper when it first hit video. I didn't see it in the theater and I, wasn't a huge fan. Ugh. Fair enough. I I only seen it the one time. Just the one time. I didn't like all the face stuff. It was very <laughs> the Joseph Gordon Levitt face stuff. Is that what you're talking? Yeah, about? yeah. I mean, I yeah. That's just how I felt. How'd you feel revisiting it? I loved it. I think I liked it more in the revisit than, and I loved it. I thought ten years ago when it came out. I only saw it the once in theaters, but I remember thinking, oh, I really like this movie. And then I've never watched it since. <laughs> and then pulled it out for this and also after this movie they did a pretty good episode on looper yeah i think so, by the time this comes out it'll be a couple weeks but um they did that and i was like well i gotta rewatch looper and um it was better than i remembered honestly it was i thought it was really good like a really fun take on time travel and um you know the interesting setting for like the future because it's supposed to be i believe like 2040 ish maybe and uh, for where Joseph Gordon, I think Bruce Willis comes from like 2070, and Joseph Gordon Levitt playing the younger Bruce Willis is like 2040. But they do a lot of stuff on the farm, which is not what you don't usually see farms in the future, you know what I mean? It's like it's this weird take on the future, um, that I kind of like. Um, it's very well directed, it's really good. Bruce Willis is really good in it. Um, I like Joseph Gordon Levitt. In it. Yeah, I know they did this weird thing with his face, they didn't like. They just kind of gave him some prosthetics, I think, to make him look more. And I, I forget about it, honestly. After a few minutes, I, it doesn't bother me. But I could see how you could be distracted by it. So, um, well, yeah, I yeah. just think for me and my relationship with Joseph Gordon-Levitt at the time, it just wasn't the same. Like, I didn't think Robert Pattinson, is that his name? The Batman? Um, yes, Batman. Okay, Robert Pattinson. <laughs> I didn't know that he was a good actor until i saw good times and then suddenly oh, yeah. i was like yeah. oh he's one of our best like right. i just didn't <laughs> i didn't cl click into it yet and i did i don't think maybe it, sometimes when i see things that's just the case and so the movie i have to catch up and rewatch it like you're saying um and then i'll probably have a totally different experience than when i watched it initially yeah i would say give it another chance i think it's really good um if you don't own it it's on netflix right now so um it's it's good i uh, i really like it um and the last thing i'll mention this was like the biggest one of my favorite like discoveries here so far, and I'm blown away by this. Uh, I I have never seen Armageddon <laughs> with Bruce Willis. Oh, yeah, me neither. <laughs> okay, it, I I have a weird aversion to like disaster movies, end of the world type movies. Um, I think I mentioned one of the show that I just don't like, you know, big global threats. That's like we kind of feel like we can do nothing. Even though you can do something about in Armageddon, they do something about in Armageddon. But like, you know, it's a it's a, you can't like. I don't know how to describe it. I'm more into like movies where there's a clear villain you can like shoot or punch or something, right. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like when it's a global threat or a, uh, uh, asteroid or like typhoons or earthquakes, like you can't punch that away, you know? So it makes me, it, you, you, <laughs> your face is like, could I punch the earthquake? Um, well, I was like, well, I haven't seen Armageddon. Maybe they do. Well, they go to blow up the asteroid. See, that's so, so, oh. and someone had mentioned a while ago, they're like, well, Armageddon's not really the end of the world movie because I'm sorry, spoiler alert, everybody. They do save the world. I think that's yeah. not, I think it's safe to say, I'm sorry, Dirk. Uh, it's like <laughs> they go to the asteroid to blow it up and um, crisis averted. But, um, Dirk, the journey getting there is worth it. Okay, oh, <laughs> it's like they, yeah. it's a uh, they. He, Michael Bay spends a long time setting up the whole crew 
because this is the I mean, it's a stupid premise. Like, I love, it's kind of a stupid movie, but I kind of love that about it. Like, it's kind of dumb because it's like, let's go get oil drillers and teach them how to be astronauts in like 12 days to go to space. And there's even a funny story about Ben Affleck on the commentary. Ben Affleck tells a story about going to Michael Bay and saying like, wouldn't it be easier to train astronauts to be, to, to go like drill? And Michael Bay was like, shut the fuck up, <laughs> He just was like, did not want to hear it. He's like, stop it. Uh, well, who approaches Michael Bay movies with logic? Right. Like, I guess Ben Affleck I mean, tried and he was stopped immediately. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, he's, his whole point, I think, I've, I've always felt like is like a visceral, like entertainment is what he's always kind of going for. I, I don't know, because I, I didn't see a lot of the Transformers movies, but like of his other oeuvre, it just feels like, you know, there's an intensity and there's like a vibrant pulse to the films and there's lots of action of course but i would never be like well logically <laughs> yeah you got to throw logic out the window with armageddon especially because i was I, like a lot of this would fall apart in seconds if you thought about it but i was i was so into it i didn't care uh and i got so sucked into this movie and the drama of armageddon is like it's michael bay i just my god he makes everything so dramatic like uh and great great phrase visceral entertainment that is michael bay visceral entertainment because it's yeah. just like he just pushes you along. Everything is like the most dramatic thing in the world. The way he shoots things, it's like yes. someone could be like drinking a coffee and he would do like a big, like circling shot, you know, dramatic music. Like uh, it's, you know, I, I've been a Michael Bay fan for the most part. He's done a couple things that I really don't like. And I think he played with those Transformers sequels way too long, <laughs> like way, like that might've really hurt him, honestly, in the long run. Um, But uh, I, he shoots stuff super well and it like looks great. And um, I got all into the melodrama of Armageddon. I was crying by the end. <laughs> like, there's a whole thing with Bruce Willis and Liv Tyler's his daughter that's like very emotional, which I'm sure people know about. But um, it worked. I mean, they do. It's weird. They it's like a two and a half hour long movie. They spend like an hour setting up the Bruce Willis and his guys, and they get to space. Like, they they take off within like, like an hour in. I'm like, well, there's an hour and a half up in this movie. Like, how long are they on the asteroid for? <laughs> And they're on the asteroid for a very long time trying to blow trying to blow this thing up. Um, we lose a little steam there, but it picks up back up at the end. But um, it's I, I really liked it. I didn't think I was going to like it. I avoided it for years because I was like, I don't like this big, like, you know, end of the world type deal. Blah, blah, blah. It seems stupid, but I really liked it. I got really an arm again. <laughs> so, yeah, wow. it was it was something also kind of refreshing after watching a couple of these Tech Chainsaw Massacre movies that <laughs> that I think cost $9 to produce uh, that they did not spend a lot of money on or effort. Um, and I was like, oh my God, Armageddon cost a lot of money. <laughs> like, um, So I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I was shocked. I know people are like, Matt's never seen Armageddon, but like never been my genre, but I really liked it. So, you know, it worked out. So that was all I had. That was all the stuff I had to talk about. So mm. we avoided long enough. Get a little light in chainsaws, really. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, the asteroid did that. <laughs> they should just yeah, they should just chainsaw the asteroid. That uh I oh man, oh boy. So okay, so now we have to rank all is. the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. They've made nine of these since 1974, and one just this year, which is incredible. Correct. Still going in almost 50 years after this thing started. Um so, uh, <laughs> so a franchise that I would say is maybe troubled might be a word for it. Uh, that's 
<laughs> that's a bit haphazard at times. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I, my first, I just want to ask a question. Mm -hmm. What was your first Texas Chainsaw Massacre film? You know what? I think I saw, speaking of Michael Bay, the Michael Bay produced remake, the O3 remake. I think I saw that before I saw any other movies in the franchise. Because that was okay. when I was in high school. So it was oh. like a big deal. You know, that was like the new horror movie and had hot young actors. And it was like a big yeah. deal. And that trailer, I will say, the, oh trailer, God, for the trailer is amazing. The trailer for the remake is great. Like, and I, I saw it so many times. It never got yes. old. Same. Oh, so good. So yeah, it was the remake. And I probably saw the original after that at some point and then saw filled in the gaps of the rest of the movies. And I will say before we rank all these, I've seen all of these except for one. So only one of these was a first time viewing. It was not the newest one. I'll say that. Um, Face 2017. It was. Yeah. <laughs> I think the rest of the world's on your page. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm just excited. So now that we have that planted, we'll see like where that ends up in your top nine of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. I, I will ask you this question. Yes, uh, maybe <laughs> a general, what do you think of this franchise over? Or maybe, maybe before you even, before you did this rewatch, what did you think of this franchise overall? Were you a fan? Were you not a fan? <laughs> Well, I think for most franchises, I'm not super delicate with any of it. Like mm -hmm. if you're talking about the Halloween movies up until the reboots and stuff, like I, I'm fine with whatever, like I'll just watch whatever the next one that comes out. Same thing with, you know, I saw Jason in space <laughs> in the theater. Uh -huh. I saw two well past when they should have stopped putting Hellraisers in the theater. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> You know, I just would go, I would go see them. That's how I grew up in the video store. That's just how it is. So I, I was very excited about this because I don't, it doesn't hurt me if another thing comes out because I always know that I have the thing that I like before, if yes, you will. Yes, that's how I always um, feel, yeah. Yeah, so I like this. I like uh, talking about our preferences, our personal <laughs> likes or dislikes rather than saying something's the best or the greatest and the other ones suck, which is like so reductive, but like- <laughs> I think it's great to find out like what people like, what people clue into, what people are totally outside of. I, that happens to me a lot of times where I'm like, I don't get this movie. And then I'll just listen to someone talk about why they love it. And it might not help me get in, but sometimes I can appreciate the movie in a different way. So, um, and that happened a little bit less with these, but, <laughs> but I, I you're being so positive. I appreciate it, but well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just think, you know, and in the spirit of that, I have prepared a statement. Oh, okay. <laughs> would, you, would you like me to share it at this point? Yes, if you want to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. You can cut it out if you don't like it. Okay. <laughs> what is a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie? What are the tropes of a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie? What isn't a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie? These are questions that not only lie at the heart of the discourse surrounding these films, they also lie at the very heart of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. And the answers differ from person to person, director to director, including the original director, Toby Hooper. Um, in this episode, you're going to hear two people who will rank their personal favorites from this fractured franchise. Uh, this is not a, these are the best, and if you don't like it, go fuck yourself lists. Uh, I know things get heated and conversations happen. I was told to fuck off by a stranger because I didn't like a certain one of these Texas Chainsaw Massacre films. <laughs> I understand. But let's take a moment and just be honest with ourselves. If we like it or we hate it, if you love the genre, you're going to watch it. And that puts us all on the same side because we want more of these things. We want more 
movies of any style that we like. And so it, in that spirit, I think every podcaster out there who's championing directors and cinematographers, every person in an office that takes the usual, hey, how was your weekend question and turns it into how they love the movie Orca, the Killer Whale, you're all doing something important because you're creating a moment that could be an invitation for someone to watch something, either pull it off there to watch pile, or maybe just they discover something they didn't even know existed. And I feel like that's really important. So before people go and write a one-star review on Film Feast because of something that we say in this episode, I say instead, go give them five stars because they talked about nine different movies, each of which could be someone else's number one. And in wow. closing... No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. I was like, I don't want to cut you off. That was lovely. Thank you for that prepared. No one's, I don't think everyone's, anyone's brought a prepared statement like that to the show. So I appreciate it. That was Well, I'm not important. here to waste anyone's time. I wanted you to know I take film fees seriously and your listeners. <laughs> well, thank you. I, uh, I was going to say something at the beginning, but I forgot what it was. Um, here, I'll that, start them. What? <laughs> um, Okay. What was, oh boy. Uh, that was so good. I'm like, I'm feeling prepared now. Like I, uh, you know, um, I, I will say this after you said like, oh, we're not here to, to I feel like you were very positive. Two of these movies yeah. I absolutely hate with a lot of passion. Uh, so I was telling, I, I can't, no, I, I feel like this might be the most negative everyone's ever heard me on the show. I try to be generally pretty positive and not be too hard on things. Um, but, and also it's probably good we waited. Like I watched the two that I really hated a few days ago. So the anger has subsided. Okay. But if we had recorded like day of, I was full of like venom. Like I was angry. <laughs> like I was really upset. And I was like, I hate this movie, two of these movies. And I, oh my God, I've calmed down a little bit. I still have a lot of negative things to say. Uh, to balance out, I love two of these movies. And the middle is the middle and it's weird, but it's kind of, but I, you know, I'll find positives, but um, it's a bizarre franchise. Also, thank God we didn't do Hellraiser because <laughs> yes. I did that voluntarily once a few years ago when I didn't yeah. have a podcast. I was, I'm going to go through all the Hellraiser movies. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> it was a horrible choice. The, um, it was really bad. Um, do you have a favorite? The first one. <laughs> Yeah, my favorite's the second one. It's the one I watched the most. It's yeah. They go to the the labyrinth and you have the Leviathan. Yeah. I just think it's so big and crazy the second and wild. One's very cool. I I it's very close for me. I I think um I don't know. It's it's actually it's a very close call. Like, but it's one and two are very close. Same. I actually like three a lot. People don't like Woo! three. <laughs> I know. I wish well, maybe I shouldn't say a lot. I do like three. I think three is like you have to take three away from the first two yeah um to give it a fair shot of a give it a fair shot and like <laughs> yes <it's, laughs> it i think that like the whole cd massacre when it, he's like closed yeah. the club up and and then the, the cenobites are so weird the camera head and the cd guy yeah. um it's real wacky i think four is okay and then it's like I, I think after the fourth one in space it's like it's just falling off a cliff i feel like i know scott derrickson did i think the fifth one or the sixth one? Fourth and fifth are the two that I mentioned seeing in theaters. I saw three, four, and five in the theater. I thought they stopped after four putting them in theaters. Is that I, not? I'm oh, not sure. I saw five. It might have been. I, yeah, I'm not saying it was 
like it might have just been shown in a theater like it wasn't part of a run is what i'm saying oh, okay okay yeah. I, I don't know why you kept going but i felt like i was committed to my own project and watched i went through the all of them even that one that everybody hates with like the fake pinhead so much <laughs> it's so bad um so I, it's this this franchise is better than that let's say <laughs> like i think overall i think it's better quality um do you have a favorite horror franchise Gosh, that's a great question. I would say yes. Actually, I don't even why I didn't even have to think about it. Phantasm <laughs> is my favorite horror franchise, oh, and yeah. I could tell you exactly why. Um, the first film totally freaked me out as a kid. The mm -hmm. second one, it's just a kick-ass sequel. It was like it came out right when my friends and I were into like action movies, and it has more action. Um, it's just still surreal, but you have a good narrative. Uh, that keeps going from there. And the fact that it's the same like creator and actors, just thinking about all these years that they were together as a group, it just really like, I, it just became something super special to me. And I actually oh, yeah. wrote to one of the, I forget the podcast name now, but they were covering all of the Phantasm movies and just thank them for doing that. Because when I watched the fifth one, which a lot of people would maybe not like at all, it was actually really emotional because Angus Grimm had just passed away mm -hmm. and I knew they weren't going to be making any more of these. And so personally that I just have to say it was the Phantasm for me. That feels like a franchise. If it's someone's favorite, it feels it's very personal to them. Yeah. I, I, I've heard a few other people it's like kind of an underdog franchise, but I do appreciate that it's mostly Don Coscarelli, except yep. for the fifth one, Ravager, yep. right? Um, and it, Ravager's tough because, like, I, I know it's hearts in the right place, and I, it's it is emotional. I know they didn't have a lot of money to work with, and that kind of comes through. But I did, I liked. It. I mean, I felt emotional too. I'd, I'd watch the whole series pretty close together, and like Ravager, Ravager really hits if you're into the franchise. You know what I mean? It's like if you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's for the, people. it's for the fans. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like a hundred percent for the fans. 100%, um. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good pick. I, it's, uh, it's tough. I mean, you bring up a good point. Like, it is nice when a horror franchise is like spearheaded by one person for the most part. Like the Scream franchise is West Craven for the most part, except for the newest one. Um, there's like a quality level you don't usually get there. Yeah. Um, uh, Scream's definitely, <coughs> excuse me, Scream's definitely up there. I was trying to think of like the bigger ones. Cause I'm trying to think of like the big three or like Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, yeah. Friday the 13th. Um, it's not Halloween because even though the first Halloween is like, one of my favorite movies just all, all time not just horror movies that yeah. franchise has a problem similar to texas chainsaw massacre where it's like all over the place <laughs> like um well, i'd say it's closer to like friday the 13th because it's like they have to keep coming up with a reason why michael myers is still alive you know it's the same thing where they're <laughs> yeah. with jason where they're like uh electricity or lightning or i don't fucking know like it's just it's yeah. so ridiculous and over the top whereas texas chainsaw it has six timelines six it's so many timelines time oh i don't think i didn't think i thought it was like four i didn't think it was even six oh. we'll have to break that down but um <laughs> see at least friday 13th i feel like kind of knows that they're almost they're very standalone feeling entries halloween still feels like it's trying to have some connective tissue like yeah. four and five are very close together six is trying to tie things back to one one and two are very close obviously um you know but uh, friday 13th almost feels like we know these are separate standalone things that, that mm -hmm. series works very well when you just want to pull one off the shelf i think because oh, yeah. it feels so separated nightmare probably has the best like through line story wise <laughs> like it keeps it pretty especially three four and five really um I, yeah i i do love nightmare it's tough i don't know i um 
it's Friday the 13th, maybe my favorite, just because I, I love that I can kind of go to any one any time. And I even like the ones people don't like, like Jason X and Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah. Um, it might be my favorite, just for like, it's got so many entries and I enjoy basically all of them. Um, it's tough. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, it is not the Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> after I thought you were going to say it was Ginger Dead Man. No. <laughs> No, no, none of those. No, no, it, unfortunately, no. I, uh, um, so I guess we should start ranking these. All right, point. yeah. Um, that's okay. I've put it off long enough. I, uh, and we'll start at the bottom. We'll go to number one. We both have our own separate list. I don't know what. We have no idea. We have no idea what the rankings are. So you could completely shock me. It could be, I don't know. Um, and we're going to institute, I believe it's now called the Patrick Bromley rule. Where, that's correct. Yes, as Dirk reminded me, I think Elbert Kane coined it that, where yep. um, if you're doing a ranking and you're working your way down, then, um, so let's say my number nine, um, I'm just going to, it's not my number nine, the Texas Chancellor Massacre from 2022, and Dirk's like, hold on, that's higher on my list, we'll just stop, it will table it, and we'll talk about it when we get to it on Dirk's list, so um that's how we'll do that. I hope it doesn't get too confusing. Honestly, we talked about this a little bit. Confusing, we'll just throw it away. Yeah, we'll just throw it away and then we'll just start talking about when to come to it. If it's too much of a mess, because um, I've heard it go sideways before when it's like, oh, right. we'll talk about when we get to your your pick. But then if you keep saying we're going to table it, then it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So I hope we can stay on track here. I think we'll be okay. Um, very curious how much how much we have the same yeah. ranking on anything. If well. Oh boy, it's gonna be wild. Um, I have made my list private on Letterbox. I'm looking at it right now. I feel good about it. I don't need any last minute switches. Um, so I think we should just jump in. So, Dirk, you're the guest. I'm gonna give you the honor of going first with number nine here. What is your least favorite Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie? Okay, my number nine is Leatherface from 2017. Hey, we matched it right off the bat. Yes, <laughs> yes, okay. Uh, oh, Dirk, go ahead. Man. I got some thoughts on okay. this. <laughs> so for everyone listening, it's a prequel to the original 1974 film. So that's already, it's, that's just why. Are you, it's already okay. a thing I don't need. Great. Yes. Uh, it's got 21 on-screen deaths, which is the highest kill count of this series. It's directed by Julian Maury and Alexandra Bastillo, who did Livid, Among the Living, Deep House, and Inside. Um, Inside is one of my favorite slash least favorite movies ever it messed me up it's terrifying oh. <laughs> uh, uh -huh. it was such a fun ride of the french extremism stuff that came out it was like that's my that's my number one of those it was just so intense and crazy to see um i like these directors i think they make wild choices and really go for it but i think this film was troubled in the beginning i think it was yeah uh from what I got, it's also it stars Steven Dorff and Lily Taylor. Why? I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I guess Seth M. Sherwood pitched the script. And so people were attached to it. About, it's about how Leatherface had no personality minus the face he was wearing. And he was manipulated by his family. So he wasn't born with a mental disability, which is something I actually like about the movie. Mm -hmm. um, but like th they got... The directors got attached and then i guess they rewrote every single kill and everything and cut a whole sequence where leatherface chainsawed 30 people at a party which i was like that would have been amazing why but would you cut that <laughs> i have no idea oh okay uh, all right <laughs> didn't know any of this this is good <laughs> yeah um the cinematographer is antoine saunier so i mean some of the shots look look 
good. Um, the sound is by John Frizzell, who did, I, I know, still know what you did last summer, Alien Resurrection, Dante's Peak, Ghost Ship. Um, those are all like the making of stuff that I cared <laughs> to really, it's the least amount of notes I took on this. Uh, I think the guy that says I didn't steal your pigs looks just like the guy from I Think You Should Leave, and that really disturbed me. Um, <laughs> I just, that's the family is disgusting. Uh, <laughs> Leatherface. That could be every movie, though, to be yeah. fair. The family is disgusting. Yeah. But Leatherface oh. is like just dumb. His name is Judd, which is not like they, he's created by Electroshock. It's yeah. just so. I don't like this movie. <laughs> I, you heard the positivity yeah. in the beginning. This is the back end, and I'm sorry, but. I I don't I I just wrote Leatherface. Who is this for? <laughs> That's what Jimmy called Leatherface. Who is this for? Who is it um, for? I I don't know. I I fucking hated this movie. I'm not gonna be. Yeah. I mean, Dirk, thank you for being positive. I'll I'll be like the bad cop here. I fucking hate this movie. I was like like <laughs> angry watching this movie. Yeah. Because right. I was like, why does this exist? Why do we need this? No, we don't. It's a mess. Yes. Uh, they do this stupid air quotes twist thing Ugh. that they think I think they think is really smart and it's not. And it's just like, what? And poor Lily Taylor is like wasted. Uh, and I don't even know why she's here. <laughs> like, even Stephen Dorff. I don't I like I like Stephen Dorff sometimes, but like I'm like, why are you here, Stephen Dorff? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. None of it makes sense. Like, Jesus Christ. The last I hate like me personally i just hate like backstories for like famous yeah. uh movie you know uh boogeyman yeah you know, i i don't like that rob zombie did his backstory for michael myers in his movie and i have warmed up to his movies a little bit but i don't like that there's a whole backstory of michael myers i don't need that i don't need any of that um i definitely don't need it for leatherface i do not need it for like he's, he's so much scarier yeah. when he just comes out of fucking nowhere and you're like what is happening <laughs> like mm -hmm. um i don't need his troubled youth backstory and um this one's even hard to like remember because I feel like there's like a chunk in the middle. So it's like they start off at like a uh, mental institution and then they break out. Leatherface is among people breaking out. And there's like a whole chunk in the middle where I feel like nothing happens and they kind of just wander the countryside. And, and then he meets up with the family again. And it's like, who gives a shit? <laughs> like, yeah. I really. You already made me remember more of it than I care to. Ever. I, I really like. I, I hated it. Like I really, it does. There are some things that look good because the directors sure. of inside I've, I've never seen inside. Um, I have not had the stomach <laughs> to see inside, but um, I've heard good things and they make some things look good. I'm like, okay, that's a good looking shot here or there. Sure. Um, it's just a bunch of people that you're not going to care about in Leatherface. Like characters you're not going to care about. No. Um, it, there's it's mean. It's, it's so mm. fucking mean for like just no reason. And it's, it's funny that like, it, I, it's this is gonna be a weird thing throughout the whole franchise where it's like some entries feel just meaner than others. And I don't know why, <laughs> like, um, cause they're all kind of ugly in their own ways, but like Leatherface and the one that I'm gonna talk about next which is my number eight are like, just feel so mean spirited and ugly and like just hateful, <laughs> like, which, you know, I, it, I shouldn't, I'm not gonna dislike a movie just cause like that's it's, it's outlook i guess if i can put it i don't know how to put it but it's like it has nothing to offer and it's like ugly means we're on top of that so it's like why am i watching this movie if it's like 
I don't remember any kills except for like one that's probably the most mean spirited kill in the movie. Mm. There's like a, I would say kind of a main character who's like the nice innocent one. And then like, they're kind of murdered <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, then it's just like, oh, okay, great. That's the one person I cared about. And they're gone. Um, and they're still like probably like 20 minutes after that part. I can't remember, but um, it's bad. It's really bad. I hate it. I never want to see it again. <laughs> like I no, really I own it and I'm so mad. Oh, I was mad. I paid $3 to rent it. I can't imagine how mad you are that you own it. <laughs> uh, I bought it for five, but it's... okay. Well then <laughs> I bought it because of the directors and then I put it yeah. on and was like, Oh, I hate this. And you know, <laughs> I don't feel that that often. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So then it just, I see it on my shelf and I just get, I'm like, oh, that fucking movie. And then uh, <laughs> for this, I was like, like I even told you in message, I'm going to watch even the ones I don't like and try to be open. And this took a lot out of me. <laughs> it was very difficult. To yeah. To yeah. And this was, the, this was the one I had not seen. I think we said there, I had not, this is of all the move, all the franchise. I had not seen this one. So it was the first time watch. And I went in like, maybe it could be good. I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, I hated it. And it's funny because there was another one, my number eight, I thought, well, I can't hate anything in the franchise more than this movie. And it, Leatherface 2017 was that movie. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, no, I hate this more. Um, oh boy, it's so bad. I, oh God, I do not like it at all. <laughs> so um, I was trying to think of maybe one more positive thing to say about it to kind of end on. And the fun, not. I think you and I are pretty positive guys. The fact that we both say we hate this movie, yeah. I think is pretty bad. <laughs> like, I think people should always watch movies until I see something like this. And then I go, you don't have to. Right. And you don't have to because it doesn't, no, doesn't matter. lead to anything. It doesn't mean anything. It's There's like nothing new. I felt like there was nothing new. No. There's not even, not even a moment where I was like, this is why I'd watch this. No. Right. Right. No insight to anything. No point to exist just to be mean spirited. Oh, I forgot. Oh my God. There's a scene in the diner. Yeah. It's like, again, a, mean-spirited scene for absolutely no reason just to be fucking awful and oh god i hate it <laughs> so this is when i was really like it, like oh i was just at my low point with the franchise but like there's only one more, one more movie after this movie but it was like if there were like a bunch more to go i'd be like oh my god i can't do this but <laughs> you know i made it through but okay i'm glad we both agree on that being the bottom uh, oh yeah there's know. not a doubt for me <laughs> That's, I was so passionate about my number one and I was so passionate about number nine. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm very, yeah. I'm passionate about my top two and my bottom two. So yep. I, now I'm curious if we'll, if we'll match again on number eight. So we vote just number nine, which is Leatherface 2017. What is your number eight? My number eight is Texas Chainsaw 3D from 2013. It is higher on my list. Oh, <laughs> this, okay. I, this might be the part where I already get like controversial with my rankings. Um, no, I totally get why this movie okay. higher on people's lists <laughs> i do not feel this way uh, the, the way i felt about the number nine pick okay okay well that's good um not at all i, I well this i guess has to be on your higher on your this is where the problem comes in now i think because it'll have yeah. to be higher on your list unless there's number seven um my number eight is one i think is kind of light um the texas chainsaw massacre at the beginning from 2006 uh higher on my list okay <laughs> so we'll have to table that it's so, gonna be very confusing this is gonna get very confusing uh we uh, we'll stick Can with we it we'll go, okay go, okay i think well well unless i think if it really gets a little more mucked up we'll just <laughs> i'm gonna keep powering through um what is your number seven uh my number seven is leatherface texas chancellor massacre three from 1990 that is higher on my list oh, God. <laughs> um oh boy okay What's your seven? 
my number seven is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. <laughs> Somehow higher on my list. <laughs> oh, we, we're going to recap all these at the end. So if anyone's lost, we will catch, we will figure this out. Um, okay. So wait, now, okay. Now we've caught up, I think. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. See, this is why I don't think you can Bromley rule nine movies because it all the same movies. Um, so we'll be back to number your, your number six matches with one I already said. So wait, no, my <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Um, can we go back now? Is it too late? <laughs> if we go, no, let's just go point? back, let's, let's go back. back. Okay, what was your number eight? My number eight is Texas Chainsaw 3D. Okay, let's talk about that. Then. <laughs> let's walk it back. Um, three. So tell me about Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D or just Texas Chainsaw 3D, I believe. Because okay, yeah, Texas Chainsaw 3D. There's 19 deaths. It's from 2013, so it's way higher on the on the kill count than the films that are going to come up. Uh, it's a direct sequel to the original. Well, that's a new idea for this franchise. Um, <laughs> yeah. A young woman named Heather discovers a house in Newt, Texas. She's inherited. There's, that's a twist. Oh, yeah. Takes a road trip <laughs> with her friends to collect. Unbeknownst to her and us, what waits in the basement is apparently Leatherface has been living down there forever. Um, Just hanging out. <laughs> directed by John Lucenhop. It's got music by John Frisell again. Um, Alexandra Daddario is in this. Uh, she's 25, which I think I did the math right. She should be 39. Oh, this is a point of, yeah, we'll talk about this more. This is definitely a thing with this movie he will bring up constantly, and I, I think yeah. it's hilarious. So, yes. <laughs> uh, Scott Eastwood, Trey Songs, uh, Gunnar Hansen, Bill Mosley, Marilyn Burns returns. Right, yeah, yeah. She's Verna Carson. She's not Sally Hardesty. So that's I'm a little like, weird, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's confusing. Uh Sally recaps the film for us up top. Leatherface is called Simple. And then the lynch mob calls him the R word. I. <laughs> yeah, I, it's. So, look, I'm not like a, a, a fragile snowflake using current terminology. In, oh, boy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm extremely passionate for people with different disabilities. It's what I did for a career for 10 years, um, especially nonverbal populations. So some of these versions of Leatherface, for me personally, are not great. And so when there's implications like this, that someone is, has mental, a mental damage to their brain or something, and that's why they're doing these behaviors, it just really rubs me the wrong way. That's a personal thing for me. So I'm not, you know, I'm not a child. I'm just saying these are issues um that makes sense yeah i understand (laughs) yeah yeah. so in this film there's a couple of those you know r word things being thrown about which just doesn't rub me the right way um let's see we get a baby and then we see a mom get kicked to death that's different um that was weird i was like that killed her okay yeah that was (laughs) yeah yeah. uh there's a great song by john butler the almighty hand which says god will fuck you up that plays in this movie that's a plus oh um (laughs) A dead armadillo, which is a recurring thing in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequels. Yeah. <laughs> um, we get an ass shot upwards of someone walking in shorts, which is a direct homage to the first <laughs> film. Yep. Uh, what, what else? They got the sound right, that weird sound that you hear in Texas Chainsaw Massacre that they use in the trailer for 2003. That Oh, that kind of camera whir type. Yeah. Like, I can't make the noise, but yeah. It's like there's... a violin and a camera click, like overlap yes. or something. It's the so sound cool. just scares me alone. I'm like, oh, yeah. but yeah. It's like... And when that trailer came out and that sound happened, it was like, I was salivating. I was so excited. <laughs> um, there's a birthmark idea that's introduced in this sequel that I thought was not great. Um, 
we do get the hook, the hook scene in the back, which these movies, oh. God, they love that. And uh, we see him cut someone in half with a chainsaw, which is a great effect. We get the 3D chainsaw throw, which is also a positive. Um, for me personally, it's the scene where she slides him his chainsaw. Do <laughs> your thing, cuz, where I stood up off my couch and actually told a movie to go fuck itself. <laughs> Dirk, that's the greatest line in cinema. No, uh, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so mad and again like i've said previously in this episode i have no dog in this fight i just watched the movies but this was so dumb to me it's, that, so like, it's happening it's just like i oh i hate it so much i also don't <laughs> like any of these kids which is something that happens in a lot of these movies i found them ridiculous i thought that uh Dario is dressed like Steven Tyler in this movie, and I think it's <laughs> weird. Um, so those are my, those are my problems with it. I'm excited to hear the positives from from you, though. Yeah, I mean it's not too much higher on my list, but it's a little higher than a couple other things. Yeah. Just because there's a, it is so goddamn dumb. Like it is box of rocks, stupid. Like this movie is maybe the dumbest one in the franchise, honestly. Like, and the yeah. do your thing, cuz line it's a large percentage of that stupidity like oh, yeah. um i i i kind of i i won't say i love the line but i don't i, I don't know how to describe it i i think it it it's so like blissfully dumb that i think i kind of love it a little more because it just yeah. it, it has to me like we talk about how mean-spirited leatherface is 2017 leatherface yeah this has like the air of being a little more silly and stupid so it kind of lightens the mood a little bit for me like um and like because Leatherface 2017 also is humorless like it is completely without any any joy there's no joy (laughs) like so the do your thing cuz line is like it's a moment of like pure joy I feel like (laughs) like stupid joy and um I I bit I am a sucker for Alexandria Dario because I have a huge crush on her and I have had for a while (laughs) and um so if she's the lead, I'm like in, and she's in a lot of bad movies. So I've watched a lot of crap because she's in it. But I, I, this, so yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> this yeah. is one of her better movies, I think. But um, it's I, you know, I'm a sucker for her. That helps um, soften me on it. And uh, what else? I mean, it, I feel like it breezes by. I will say one thing about this franchise: the movies are blissfully short. They are like all 90 minutes or less for the most part. And I think Tech Chainsaw like 80. Or maybe it's like, I don't know, like 80 minutes long, or maybe it's closer to 90, but um, it feels very quick to me. It's like it just flies by, um, like most of them do for the most part. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I get that it's stupid. And the first time I watched it, I was looking at Letterboxd and I gave it like two stars. But then I said, like, I'm giving this two stars, but I kind of enjoy it and watch me revisit it in like a couple months or a year and like what like it more. And I did just that, I think. I wrote the second review and was like, yep, I watched it again. I liked it more. <laughs> something super watchable about the movie for me i don't know why probably alexandra dario again but it's, yeah, I think she's doing the heavy lifting she's doing the lifting um uh, you know they it's a pretty sympathetic portrayal of leatherface which is interesting um uh they make him a little more i mean more than usual i think uh he's yeah. kind of a hero it's i mean he's fighting this there's a rival family like it's um, so weird storyline going on because it starts off with them burning down the Sawyer family house and sure. Gunnar Hansen's in the opening scene playing just like a guy and then um there's a couple other I think cast members from the original in that scene it's so yeah. quick you there's three just... three I think yeah and they're I mean they all get like 
set on fire and killed off. And the, it's I'm, a terrible digital fire, though. Oh, it's really bad digital fire. Yeah, it's it's not good. Um, maybe it looked better in 3D. I don't know. This seems like it would have been fun to see in 3D. I don't know. But uh, um, and it's insane. I don't know what they were thinking. They're like, so the thing happens. Alexander Dario is taken as a baby. And the timeline should, like you said, she should be about 40 years old. Yes. She's like 25. Yes. <laughs> and like, and looks very young. So it's not even like someone who looks older. She no. just looks like a 20-something hanging out with her 20-somethings. Should be 40 years old makes no goddamn sense at all like this is like the kind of um there's so little care taken in this franchise <laughs> i feel like there's like very little quality control or care given to like they're like yeah. fuck it who cares like you know um that's why i think it's so funny people get so precious about later franchise entries because yeah. like the franchise has been taken all over the place and like drag through everything and then people get mad at the ninth movie you know or whatever like they're like i'm like are you that precious about it because no one else has been that precious about it so no, people um, that made it <laughs> yeah you <laughs> made on their brain i mean it's just it's wild to me so um i don't know i i texas chainsaw 3d is like real stupid fun i find it very watchable i you know they let leatherface run through a carnival it's like it's just there's these weird touches there's that very stupid scene where a cop goes down to the basement who's oh. like live streaming his feed yeah. great quality <laughs> i don't know how he's getting that kind of quality to like the police chief or something um it's wild i don't know it's um it's but i i can this is the one where i get that i'm liking it more than most people and if it's number eight i totally understand because it is a lot of people's least favorite or bottom you know and um so yeah, I understand, but I kind of like it. So that's, that's all I'll say about that one. So Yeah, that's great. Okay. So that was your number eight. Um, yes. This will be much easier. I don't this to do it like this. And uh, my number eight is um, the text chainsaw massacre at the beginning. Okay. So we can talk about this now. So um, this was the, I had seen this one years ago. It came out in 06, but I saw it. I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it like way later. Um, probably just from the past five years and i was like well i like that remake i should watch the kind of it's again a prequel again we don't it's need a prequel to the second reboot <laughs> prequel <laughs> to another reboot makes no sense don't know why they don't know why they just make a, a sequel like um i you know to the reboot because i thought that would have been fine but they chose to go with a prequel because apparently we need to see how arlie ermy gets his uniform and how Leatherface was born, I guess. I I didn't, I'm like, from minute one, from minute one, I don't like this movie because it starts off with like Leatherface's mom in like the meat factory, um, like about to give birth to him on the line, still working and someone's yelling. It's all sweaty and fucking gross and yep. feels disgusting. And just, it, you know, I, it's a, again, a movie, like I said, with Leatherface, I find just like mean spirited and hateful and has like, to me, feels like it has no point to even exist because it's like, we know we kind of, because it's a prequel to the reboot, just an insane sentence. Um, we, we know that it has no, oh, really, no, Matt, no. It's a sequel to the second reboot. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. It's hard to keep track. I don't um, want to confuse people. That's <laughs> so yeah i mean we know that it really has nowhere to go because we know yeah. the reboot's gonna come in this timeline so certain characters you know can't be killed um 
you could maybe think some characters may live of the kind of the main crew of kids. Um, uh, what's, oh God, what's her name? Jordana Brewster, who I like from Fast and Furious. Sure. is like the main girl. I forgot Matt Bomer's in this. I barely recognized him. Um, it's uh, I don't like I, the whole like story to me is stupid with like the Vietnam thing with one brother wanting yeah. to go to Vietnam and one brother not wanting to go to Vietnam. And it's like, who gives a shit? I don't care about either one of you. And like, they're both with their girlfriends on this road trip. And the one guy tells his brother he doesn't want to go to Vietnam. And I don't care. And it's like, and then they of course come across the, the family and things go bad. And um, it just, I mean, just like a no hope, no fun movie. That's like, when you get to the end of it, you're like, why did I watch that? Because to me, it has no point. I mean, a lot of slashes don't have a point, right? You know, it's like they have some yeah. grand message, but it's like this one, like I know specifically some things that will not happen. I know. Yep. And I hated the ending because it's just, again, like a huge downer. And it's like, Jesus Christ, like this, it's, I just, it's not fun for me. And again, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't like anything about it. I don't like the characters. Um, and I do, the thing that puts it like above Leatherface is like, I think it's better made. Um, like, I don't know. It feels mo- more coherent in a way. <laughs> and I like Jordana Brewster and I like Arlie Ermey uh, being in it. That's about my own two positives. Um, an ugly, mean-spirited thing, which is weird because it's in line with the reboot, but for some reason feels so much more, um, so much meaner. And they're both pretty fucked up movies, but this one feels way worse to me. And I don't, I don't know why I can't really describe it, but yeah, when I watched this one, I was like, well, it can't get worse than this for me. But then I watched Leatherface 2017. I was like, Oh, this is, this is worse. So, um, I'm just not a fan of this one. Yeah. I just don't, I don't like it. Um, yeah, really not a fun movie. I don't want to revisit it again, honestly. So yeah, yeah. That's all I had in that one. What, what are your thoughts this one? Turk? <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we covered that it's <laughs> equal to the second reboot. Uh, there's 11 deaths. Directed by Jonathan Liebesman, who did Darkness Falls, Battle Los Angeles, TMNT, Wrath of Titans, and Halo TV episodes. Oh. (laughs) Um, A fact I found that it was interesting about this one is Arlie Ermey's mother passed away during the filming, and so they had to shoot around his absence. Yes, I read that, and I noticed it this time, because, like, oh, he is kind of, like, missing a little bit, or they shoot around him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, It's gross. It's a gross movie. There's more R-word stuff in there. They call someone tarted. It's just pretty, pretty gross. Leatherface's name is Hewitt. I don't know why. His name changes so many times in the series. It's insane. Yeah, it has roadkill, but it's not a, it's not an armadillo. Uh, the kids are just so nondescript to me that I wasn't yeah. crazy about it. Yeah. Um, we learn of Sherry's stew. So they are cannibals once again. So that's a return for the series. <laughs> uh, it's got some really interesting cinematography, which is what bumped it up from Leatherface 3D for me. Uh, there's just some good camera work going. They, they try to tie stuff in, like the fingernails in the hallway. That's another thing you see a lot in the Texas Chainsaw movies. Um, it's always interesting to see what people hold on to where they're like, this is a Texas chainsaw thing. It has to be, has right. to be. <laughs> um, it's, there's like some tense stuff with the girl sneaking around the house. I just thought that was well done. Um, let's see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, no, it's, it's fine for me. The biggest, like, fault of it is just that there's no reason for it right there's just no no reason yeah no one needs it the biggest answer is like you see the guy that didn't have legs in this in the 
prequel or no the the reboot second reboot and then you see the prequel and he has legs and you're like oh we're gonna figure out how why he doesn't have <laughs> legs that's the big question we're watching this for like who had that question i don't care yeah and how arlie ermy got that sheriff uniform we find that out right yeah that's and important also why he has a removable tooth i think we get right. that too so it's all the stuff we all didn't want to know <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah i mean i like arlie ermy as an actor but he's a despicable person oh, in these movies like he in is both of those films i feel like he's doesn't have a script i feel like he's just like <laughs> i'm gonna say the grossest shit and they're just like wow that is that's further than we were gonna go right. <laughs> jesus lee we're gonna like tone it down a little bit but yeah, yeah. um yeah he's he's going off i mean i'll give him credit for committing but um it's you know it's just i i don't need it i don't need it i don't uh, you know i don't want it it's not fun it's for me it's not fun it's like I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't care for this one. Um, I, it was funny even talking about how much I hate Leatherface. I, I still, I don't know if I can even say I hate this one anymore. I wasn't coming and say I fucking hate this one too, but I, I think I just really don't like it. I think I'll say that I've kind of, after my, my vitriol for Leatherface got out, maybe I was more angry at that than I realized and was like, okay, but I still really, really just like this. Um, and after this, it's like more into the territory of like, for for a couple, I, I don't I don't really like this or it's kind of eh, but like I don't hate them anymore, so we're past that point. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's good. Um. So yeah, anything else on that one before we move on? No, please. Okay. Um. So now we've I could, already thought we said it's number seven. What's your number seven? <laughs> okay, my number seven is Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, 1990. Uh, a direct sequel to the original film from nineteen seventy four. I can already feel like everyone's sense of reality is slipping. Uh, there's <laughs> seven deaths in this movie. It's directed by Jeff Burr, who did Whisper to a Scream, Stepfather 2, Pumpkinhead 2, and Night of the Scarecrow. It stars Ken Faree, Viggo Mortensen, Caroline Williams as a reporter. She was in TCM2. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> out there. It starts off with a text crawl, so that's always great. We get a very bad soundtrack, very 1990s. Uh, that's overcut with the making of the flesh mask. So they really are very much into the gore for this one. Um, there's a dead armadillo. What do you know? There it is. Uh, it's creepy. There's quotable lines. So this feels more in line with the, the second film for me. Um, my favorite line is it's Armageddon bitch face. I just think that's pretty great. <laughs> also, someone yells, I'll be in hell for breakfast. I don't even know what that means, but <laughs> who knows? Yeah. What a great way to start your day. Um, Leatherface has a tiny pocket saw in one scene. I love that. The reason it's at the back end for me, um, they also call him Junior a lot, which is interesting. Oh, also, uh, there's a psycho girl kid. There's text. Grandpa comes back. Cannibalism is back in this one as well. Um, so that's always fun. The thing is, most of this takes place in dark woods, and it's just... Uh, it's not entertaining for me and i don't feel like <laughs> uh -huh. Ken Free gets to really shine very much he kind of is just there um aside from the scene where they fight in the pond while the chainsaw kind of goes through like jaws um, <laughs> it's uh yeah it's just it's just sort of joyless for me aside from the opening stuff with the gas station interesting okay i understand what you're saying and i don't even know it, it's to me this this is like baseline neutral for the franchise because i have it like pretty dead center as i could it's there's nine movies but like um i have it higher and i have it kind of in the middle this feels like so uh yeah this is to me is like neutral ground leatherface 
three, like the Texas Chainsaw. Oh, God, it's so confusing. Texas Chainsaw Massacre three, Leatherface. I don't know how they, it's like it. Yeah. It feels very much like there are worse movies. There are better movies. This is neutral ground. It is very like to me inoffensive in a way. It's just kind of like it is very low stakes. You said the body counts like seven. It feels very small scale. Yes, yeah. like it feels yeah. small scale. I watched a behind the scenes thing on the Blu-ray I had. Um, that was that the production sounded kind of troubled, honestly, which I think also can be said for a few of these where they had trouble productions. But um, I think the director left at one point and came back. <laughs> I think they fired him and he came back before on like Monday. They fired him on Friday, came back on Monday. Um, and they were trying to shoot during the day, but it was like super hot because they were in Texas and, you know, it gets hot there. And so they kind of switched to night shooting more. Um, oh, that's something I want to mention about Leatherface 2017. Sorry to go back. That's the only one I think not shot in Texas or at the time it was because they shot in like Bulgaria, Romania yes, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it does look weird and different. It does not feel like the same. So, um, but yeah, they shot Leatherface in, Jesus Christ, they shot Texas Massacre 3 Leatherface. <laughs> oh God, these namings, uh, the naming system. So they shot that in Texas, um, mostly at night, like you said. It has the feel, I think I like it, uh, it has the feel of a movie that I would have caught uh, as a kid or a teenager late yeah. on cable, um, like maybe USA up all night or something. Um, and it, it, I don't know, it has this like, I really, really it's, a, it's a vibe. It's hard for me to describe that I just kind of like, and I don't think it's a spectacular movie by any means. It's very like low stakes. Yeah. It's uh, nothing that grand happens. It got, apparently got butchered by the MPAA too. That, there's a whole thing on the behind the scenes where they had to cut all this stuff. Um, there's a scene. Oh God. Who is it? Who's like, someone's upside down in the house and they go to kill him and they kind of cut away from the kill. Yep. Um, and if it's uncensored, it's way more graphic. And they like, everything gets so neutered in okay. this one. Is the yeah. thing part in the beginning they're sewing i'm like yeah okay this is gonna be crazy because i remember <laughs> really like really enjoying this and then when i revisited this time it wasn't that i i didn't like i said after you get off of the the back two for me um it's all pretty much even keel till the top two so it's like yeah I, it this is where i ranked it but it's i actually it's totally fine totally fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm on pretty i'm on pretty like even ground for the most part yeah. in the middle here but like yeah, I, I think it's it's I put it on again. I was like, this is watchable. Again, it's a it's a short movie. It's like yes. 80, 85 minutes long. It's very short, probably 80 without the credits. Um, and it's just there is a bizarre thing with Ken Foray, my minor spoilers, um, where he should be dead. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, it makes no sense. He, he's not dead. I don't know how. Um, it's like there's like a couple different endings, and I think that was result of like test screens, apparently. Um feels weird it does again a messy jeep and you're just like uh what (laughs) like are you okay like did you find a first aid kit are you fine like it's bananas that he's okay um uh vigo mortensen we didn't mention vigo mortensen's in this a very young uh i love how this becomes a little bit of a thing that there's like a random attractive family member (laughs) amongst the family where it's like where'd you come where'd you come from you know like with these with this group of like inbred weirdos and then it's like matthew mcconaughey and vigo mortensen and like you know it's like how did you get here handsome man like it's like you shouldn't you know um very weird to me i just think it's funny i'm like you don't belong here uh so um he's in it i like him in this i you know um i i don't know i think it's fine i really i'm just like again baseline neutral like i just i had a friend who actually 
I was talking to um, uh, actually Hayden Gilbert has been on the show a few times. And he was saying that uh, he doesn't like this one because he feels like it takes like no chances. Like he sure. thinks some of the other ones are that I think are worse. I think he thinks are better because they get a little wackier and take more chances. This one does feel like it's playing it very safe. It's like, yeah. we're making a Texas Chainsaw sequel. Let's just play it like exactly how people would expect it to be. Let's not do anything too crazy. Um, and that's kind of how it feels, but I don't know. I like it again, not spectacular. Oh, speaking of great trailers, this does have an amazing teaser trailer. Have you seen the teaser trailer for this? No, I, I mean, not <laughs> but, since it would have, I would have seen it. The chainsaw, like it's like a, apparently they shot the teaser before they had anything ready to go for the movie. The director said, um, and it's like Leatherface standing by a lake and the chainsaw rises up out of the lake. <laughs> like like a like a almost like an Arthurian type of medieval thing and it shoots out and like he catches it and it's very this epic <laughs> like thing where he catches the 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 chainsaw and it's like you know saying coming next summer or whatever you should really go watch it it's pretty great um and that's probably the best thing about the movie <laughs> is that teaser trailer but you know it's it's a great like to me it's like a great throw on late night horror movie that doesn't like terribly offend me again it is very like loud and uh, like in your face you're very trapped with that family uh, the running theme too with this franchise is like things are very loud and uh grating on your nerves <laughs> and yes. um if the movie's really good that works the movie's bad it's very frustrating um so yeah i don't know you know I, i'm fine with it but I, I can understand why it's kind of low on your list at number seven <laughs> so um anything else in that one for you i do my number seven? Oh no what do you okay. got Okay, so my number seven was uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, which I think is also called The Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> um, a movie that I was walking around beating the drum for for years because I thought I had seen it when I was younger in HBO. And like, it, you know what? I might have lied to you. This might have been the first one I saw in the whole franchise. Because, oh. Because I remember watching, like, we got HBO, like, in the late 90s. And I was like, oh, my God, we're really this is great with HBO now. Like, and I, and I was like sneaking to stay up late and watch like things I shouldn't be watching, like you know, horror movies and things like this. And I remember staying up late and watching this movie. And I don't think I even knew what it was when I started watching it. It was like, I came in the intro with like Renee Zellweger and the whole, her friends like kind of being lost in the woods. And I'm like, well, what is this? It definitely seems like a horror movie. And I was scared by it as a kid. I was like, oh, this is fucking scary. Um, and now it's like so wacky and like goofy. <laughs> That, um like and i i like it more than text chancel master at the beginning and leatherface 2017 because it has to me more of a feel of like like they were trying to capture some of like toby hooper's like dark sense of humor like then there, there's some it feels kind of it's not a comedy outright but it has like a different vibe to me it's not so hateful <laughs> I feel like um, way goofy in some parts and the goofiness is like, it's weird. It's a positive and a negative for me because it's like almost so wacky that I'm like, eh. and there is like, I feel like the first half hour is like a real dead time. I feel like there's a lot of walk around the woods at night. Like you said, with um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 kind of meandering around the woods, like till you find the, the house and it's like, yeah. um, Matthew McConaughey is really into it. Uh, I'll give him credit. He's like really like getting into playing a crazy person. Um, I thought nobody else was that good. Even Renee Zellweger, I thought like none of the actors were very good. Um, but I mean, it has wacky charm to it. I 
I'm curious to your thoughts on this. I, you liked it more than me. So I'm curious to your thoughts on this one. <laughs> yeah, this is my number four. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's for all the reasons that you've actually just touched on. So the, <laughs> the, um, the humor, the fun of it. Um, it's great with these movies that are like sweaty, gross farms <laughs> full of cannibals. If that's what you want. I feel like my interests or the way I want to spend my time is with something like this. This is one of the ones that my wife watched with me and she'd never seen it. And she was shocked at like what a kind of fun ride it was. Um, also, Marilyn Burns returns as Sally Hardesty, the correct character in this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you have teens on a prom. They crash their car and end up at the farm. That's an easy, easy in. Um, right. Easy setup. There. Yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, Paula Pertain, who played Leslie from Texas Chainsaw Master, plays an orderly in this movie. So you have a little bit more connective tissue. I think the reason that happens is because Kim Henkel co-wrote Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and that's mm -hmm. who directs this movie. Um, cinematographer is uh, Evie. Wait, I don't know what the first name is, but last name's Isaacs, um, who did Saturday the 14th and Sundown, The Vampire and Retreat, Leprechaun, and Children of the Corn 2. So you have like some very great sort of horror people involved in it. I think Kim Hinkle's invested in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre thing, having, you know, worked with his buddy, Toby Hooper. Um, the score has a great sort of concrete noise synth thing going on. I really like those vibes. Um, it's set in 1996, which is super fun. There's a part where Matthew McConaughey says, come back to my butt now, which is, <laughs> I don't know what that... <laughs> Never I'm heard that sure. phrase before. I don't think yeah. it was in the script. I think he was before he had any of his other catchphrases. Oh. He's like, let me just try out, come back to my butt now. Um, <laughs> I don't like Leatherface in this movie. I think no, I... I don't like the mullet. I think he flails and screams the whole time. Oh, the whole yeah. wigs and fake pearls <laughs> thing is like problematic for me because I think it's kind of like very anti, I would say trans or something, even somebody cross-dressing. And anytime you're saying like look how crazy this person is and you throw something like that in there i think it's like you know it just rubs me the wrong way um i get what why it's there because in the first film which we'll get to there was the idea that leatherface wore different faces for different personas mm -hmm. psycho kind of thing or something but it's not ever touched on with any depth so it just seems kind of cheap i don't know you do get the first official all right all right all right in this movie so i noticed that i was like oh my yes, gosh the first all right all right that's all right the first one um i did write that these people suck at murder um, <laughs> uh the third act is total nonsense was another note i put down i mean yeah yeah um, and i put end lady rv is my last note on there and i'm not 100 percent sure on what i wrote there well, but, uh, yeah, the whole thing with the RV is insane. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of insane things in this movie. Right. Um, yeah, but for me, that vibe, it's I think, is something that we're going to keep coming back on. Is like this was a vibe that for me, that's this is fun. And I uh, get that. Yeah. So that's all it was. Yeah, I get that. I thought it was my vibe too because I remembered liking it when I was younger. Um, and I thought, well, it probably won't scare me anymore. But I was like, I remember just kind of liking that. You know, it's the setup's easy. It's like the the kid prom kids get lost and it's like you know i don't know i, I just i thought it had a good feel but like i, I got a quote now i got a friend my mark friend mark Warner that he uh his review on letterbox is like um has all like uh, well not quote him exactly but like there's it, it's very obnoxious but not as well made as the first movie <laughs> like the first movie is kind of in a way 
because there's uh, always a lot of yelling and screaming and just chaos and like that happens a lot in next generation but i don't think it's very like to me it's just more annoying in this movie <laughs> like and i'm glad you brought up leatherface because I, I almost forgot my notes that it is my least favorite version uh, of leatherface of any of the movies um he's like not a threat at all and i feel like your point is i didn't even really think about that that much but i was like well this feels weird what they're doing to him with like is this kind of like a kind of mocking gay or trans people i don't know what's going on like it just feels so weird i and I get it in 1996. Like, I don't want people to think that I'm not looking at these movies at the time they were made. I just think that in any point, it just seems kind of a cheap thing to throw in there. Like, this guy's so crazy. He's got <laughs> makeup on. Like, that was a time in cinema. Okay, yeah. sure. But like 1996, 94, whenever this was actually being made, is that's that's late. Like, they there was a song on the radio about fucking people like they're animals. We've moved on <laughs> as a culture. Like, it's yeah. just okay i feel like he's just such a also like and beyond that i feel like he's just such like a non-threat in this movie because he's like flailing around a lot and like it's frustratingly baby like it's yeah like, exactly frustrating baby is perfect and like the whole family dynamic is weird because again like more attractive people who i don't know how they wound up with this family <laughs> like yeah. matthew mcconaughey and the the woman who pretends to be a real estate agent is that right the woman who like kind of baits yeah. people yep I'm like, how are you part of this? Um, it's all unnecessary. It's very weird. Like, again, in a way, I almost appreciate the weird touches. Um, this is, I'm, I'm going to use a, a wrestling reference, if you don't mind. If you watch pro wrestling in the late 90s, I'm not sure. Uh, this is for like five people who understand this reference. There was a guy named Vince Russo who wrote for WWF when they were really hot, like Stone Cold Rock era, late 90s. And everyone thought he was like a genius because the storylines were so, um, you know, uh, provocative at the time and they were so attention grabbing. And they were like, this guy's the, the head writer for WWF. He must be doing something right. And then WCW was the rival wrestling company at the time. And they kind of bought, took him away from WWF. And they thought, oh God, they've lost their head guy. What they found out was that no, Vince Russo is not very good when he has no filter. Vincent Mann, who owns WWF, was like filtering all of Vince Russo's ideas. His And then when he had no filter, he was like, it was fucking nuts. And I feel like Kim Henkel, <laughs> without Toby Hooper, maybe like Vince Russo without Vincent Mann, where I feel like without the filter of Toby Hooper, I feel like all the ideas are running wild with no control. Because I feel like there's some ideas that aren't explored in this movie. That are, There's a whole thing, I think, with like a businessman who shows up at the end and yeah. it, it might relate to um oh shit what's the secret organization um that controls the world allegedly you know, oh my god tip my tongue illuminati? Um, yeah there's like an illuminati subplot that yeah. i think is not developed and there's there's a part with like a fucking um crop duster deus mocks mocking a crop duster that comes down at the end and someone asked him henkel why does that happen and he's like i don't know it just happens basically <laughs> like he had no explanation for it so i'm like i think kim henkel like without would you without, say he hudson hawked the texas chainsaw massacre i think he might have i think he just <laughs> stuck every idea he wanted to and he's like toby's not around i can do whatever the fuck i want now i'm yeah. in control and um that's my theory i don't know i hope someone appreciated that reference to wrestling from the late 90s but uh, i just feel like that's all could, that's the connection i made was like man kim henkel and toby hooper is like like a wild man i thought toby hooper did some wild shit too like we'll get to that but um this is a this is so weird to me like there's so many ideas that are just like thrown at the wall and 
I don't know if a lot of it sticks. I, I'm kind of fascinated by the movie, but I yeah. don't really like the movie that much. But I definitely don't hate it. I do not hate it because it's like, it has wacky charm. I will say that. Yeah, <laughs> so. exactly. I actually had this switched with um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 for a long time in my mind. I thought oh. I liked this one less than the other one until I watched them back to back. And I was like, oh no, I like the wacky fun one more than I like the one <laughs> in the woods in, in the dark. yeah understandable i mean that, that, that at this point it's all personal preference right it's like absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah what do you want like um so yeah no i i get that i can totally see where you're coming from for me it's just like i just happen to like some other ones better i don't know like yeah. this one's a little more plotting to me like it feels like it moves along a little slower and it's it's weird like the pacing is weird i feel like first half an hour not much happens a bunch of stuff where you're stuck in the house for the last the second half hour and then the last half hour i think it's really so crazy cuckoo banana <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> um, it's wild it's wild stuff so um okay that was my number seven um and now we're making our way back so wait what was your number six <laughs> we already so went my six was the beginning okay okay so we talked about the beginning already so uh we talked in my six was texas chainsaw 3d which we already yep. talked about yep so we blow right past that uh <laughs> we'll recap this all at the end people don't worry um my number well i'm oh, sorry what was your number five i almost jumped ahead there <laughs> Okay, my number five is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. Okay, it's higher on my list, but that's okay. fair. We'll, we'll talk about it now. So um, the, the most recent entry in this insane franchise, yes. uh, Netflix original. Um, go ahead, I don't want to cut you off there, but yeah. Oh, no, not at all. Uh, it's directed by David Blue Garcia, who did The Tenant in 2018 in this. Um, he's mostly a cin cinematographer. He has 18 credits there, starring... Is it Isla Fisher? Is that right? I thought it was Elsie. Uh, Elsie Fisher. Elsie okay, Fisher. Okay, making sure. I was like, did I change that? Sarah Yarkin, <laughs> Mo Donford, who's great. Jacob Lattimore, Alice Krieg, who I absolutely love. She's from Sleepwalkers, Hansel and Gretel. Bar oh yeah. Fire. First Contact, Star Trek First Contact. Oh yes. <laughs> She's amazing, and I feel like doesn't get the, the the. I mean, I didn't care for the Hansel and Gretel movie, but she was incredible. Um. Our Leatherface is Mark Burnham, who was in Wrong Cops and Low Life. He's a totally rad dude. He's what I want in a Leatherface. He's big. He's foreboding. He's intimidating. I just, the size is what I want in a Leatherface. I want this like thing where you just, it's an obstacle and you don't know how to deal with it. I agree um, completely. Yes, that's good. Yeah. Right? I don't need to know anything more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the voiceover from John Larroquette, once again, which happens in all of these films. Um or most of them, I should say. What do we got? The kids, they're not great, but I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're not great. We'll get, yeah, yeah, we'll get into <laughs> Oh, wait, the kills. So there's 12 deaths and the, plus the 15 on the bus. So, okay, okay, that's yeah. That's where we're at there. Um, the first two kills, I think, are very fun. We get a face removal. There's some questionable CG blood um, with the third, which is sad because you can buy a lot of our goodwill as horror fans with some practical effects. Anyone listening to movies, just give it to us. Um, <laughs> the hammer leg collapse is one of the moments in a movie that comes along every once in a while uh, where it works for you in such a way that I literally out loud said, oh, I was like, oh, oh, oh I screamed. I like <laughs> I audibly was like, oh, fuck. Like, I just... it was fucking rad. And like, <laughs> I'm sorry if that doesn't work for you people that get mad at me for not defecating on this movie but like that scene that that was golden uh, all the musical stings i think are spot on the hammer skull crush is brutal 
Um, I get that people take umbrage with the millennials and the whole million plot holes that don't go anywhere, but the last movie also had plot things that didn't go anywhere, and maybe that's a trope in these movies. Who's to say? But I think they just got to keep things moving, and I'd rather watch a movie keep moving and be like, yes. I don't know, we'll, who cares? We're just going to keep going than have some middling section about something that we don't need to know anymore. Yes, about. a thousand times, yes. Thank you, Trigger saying <laughs> Just keep moving because it's like... It, you just keep going. You're not going to, you know, we don't have time to dwell on the stupid shit you've done. There's a lot of stupid stuff in this movie, but it doesn't take time to dwell on it. So oh. I'm sorry. Go, yeah. <laughs> I have so many and thoughts like, on this one. Yeah. And there's a lot of, you know, like the people don't care about this character or whatever. And I'm like, I, I, I think it, for me, none of it disrupted the fact that it's like, it's got a good momentum. Uh, it's also something I think is so interesting about films is the whole bus sequence for me does not work it didn't entertain me i didn't care for it and uh, other people were like that's the best part of the movie it's my favorite scene so i just love i love that i love that the same thing can work different ways for people and you know this movie has a big one of those for me uh, but i thought that those impactful there was two parts where i just was like whoa like that shocked <laughs> the shit out of me yeah that we we're gonna go there did i like the look of the leather face not really the saggy face was kind of dopey looking but I just love the size of him. And I love that this is the John Wick of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and for anyone that doesn't know, John Wick is a character who they kill something that he loves. So he breaks through a secret compartment where he keeps his kill toys. And then he goes and kills everybody. And this movie, they kill something Leatherface loves. So he breaks through a wall where his chainsaw is. And then he kills everybody. <laughs> it's the closest thing to a John Wick you'll get in a horror movie. So um, that's it. I, uh, I think Keanu should wear his mom's face in John Wick 4. Um, <laughs> that's, my, that's my closing oh. thought on this level. Oh, film. man. He should wear he should wear his dog's face. <laughs> <laughs> That's even better. It's the darkest, yeah, yeah. the dark so, fucked. Like John Wick's yeah. really fucked up now. For, um, for all the people that don't like dead dogs in movies, they would be thanks. like, "I'm never watching that." Yeah, he's really gone off the deep end. That John Wick. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, again, kind of makes Leatherface. Well, I wouldn't say sympathetic, but it gives him a a reason for acting. I guess it kind yeah. of it's it's funny. He's like laid dormant for all this time and. Uh, and comes back to action when something he loves is taken away from him. Um, okay, so I this was maybe the one I'm most excited. I'm very excited about this one. I'll say that. I'm not most excited because there's one, there's a couple more I'm excited. But this one just came out obviously um, recently on Netflix, and people were worried because they're like, oh, you know, it's going straight to Netflix. That's and it was kind of sitting for a while. Like I think it'd been done for a very long time, and uh, they were like, why are they dumping it in like I think February? <laughs> Like they missed October and it was ready. Like they had it ready for October. They just waited and they're like, oh, this is not a good sign. And a lot of very divisive movie. A lot of people hate this movie. I yep. really like this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like I, it is, it is 75 minutes without yeah. the credits. It yep. And it flies. Like it has no time for anything. And I love that about it. I'll start there. Um, it is doing the Halloween 2018 thing where it like, disregards i believe everything except for the first technical massacre right and then it just like says we're not <laughs> confusing myself i think no, it just okay. it's a direct sequel to the original right okay and they do yeah. the whole thing even where um uh, you know sally hardesty obviously not played by um oh jesus it's late uh <laughs> marilyn, marilyn burns, marilyn burns. Uh, she's passed away so 
they have Sally Harsey played by ooh, Owen Foray. I think I butchered that poor woman's name, but she's a good actress. Um, and they do the whole thing where she's like a tough lady who like has lived in solitude and has just wanted to kill Leatherface for you know the trauma he put her through. It's um, a direct reference to the. To oh, the I mean, it is. is what I'm it surprised is. there's not lawsuits being thrown around, but um, the way <laughs> it's so I want I'm gonna talk around it because there's spoilers, but the way that it kind of plays with that not even a trope but that that the idea of what you think is going to happen doesn't quite pan out i will say and i laughed out loud that they just i loved it i (laughs) the way that they yes i did too oh my god the way that they handle it they oh man i want to say it so bad but it's a complete total spoiler um this is what made so many people so angry and i wasn't angry because i'm like First of all, it's not even the same actress. So it's like, and second of all, this franchise has been all over the place anyway. So, and this is number nine. Like it's, we're not precious about this anymore. Like, I just don't get it. And like, you know, so I I had no problem with that because I was like, it it felt like it was so knowingly doing that. Like they were like, eh, fuck this. And they literally, (laughs) oh, how do I say it without actually saying it? They kind of throw something away like in a literal oh. sense and it's like how just, do i say it without actually literally saying it's amazing i mean i just i just laughed i, I was aghast i was like what i was it's so I, good. oh i was these people and like i think people were not giving enough credit i think they were taking it at face value the whole movie and i'm like no this movie i think kind of knows that it's kind of stupid and like you know and people i think i i saw people mad on both sides of the political spectrum because they thought it was um anti-liberal i thought it was anti-conservative i'm like i was like i think it's poking fun at both sides like obviously our main characters are like supposed to be young hip liberal progressives who come from a bigger city i think it might be austin i don't know and they go to like middle of nowhere texas town and try to start this little hipster community (laughs) and i'm thinking to myself if you're that far away from a major city do you think your little town's going to work? Like who's going to drive all the way out here to go to like your little coffee shop? <laughs> you right. know, it's a, it's a stupid plan to begin with where they're like, we're going to start this little town. And they bring all these influencers in. That's how we get those people in the town. And then they boot out. I, okay. I'm curious about this. How does Leatherface end up in an orphanage? <laughs> He's an adult man in the yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he ends up in this like orphanage with this, with this woman. Um, in this movie, 40 years later, I, I don't understand that at all. But, you know, why question it at this point? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's weird. And then I love they have a moment where it's, uh, you know, uh, Sally. Uh, and but Joe... I think the reason he's at the orphanage is because, like, isn't she really his mom? Is that what's going on? I just I thought it so. I feel but like also, I tried to read about this. It's yeah. like 70 minutes. So people like this <laughs> fucking get over it. Somebody, I think I tried to read about this because I was, and this has been days ago and so much has happened since then. But I was, I think someone tried to make the point that like, maybe he just like got loose <laughs> from the first movie and ended up in this woman's orphanage and she just took care of him, um, which is a weird, I mean, nice of her, I guess. But it's like, yeah. you know, um, and, and he just, and she kind of like calmed the the problems in him you know um because the thing about Leatherface too is he's a very manipulated character I mean he's the bad boogeyman this whole series but he's manipulated by I would say worse people you know it's like 
who know what they're doing are truly awful. And he's like, you know, like kind of oared around by them a lot and pushed around and, you know, um, so who knows? It doesn't matter. But I love there's a scene with Sally and Leatherface where it's kind of like her, you took everything from me moment. And he's like, I don't know who you are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, you know, remember part. me again, a funny, to me, a funny beat. I was like, this is banana. He just like, he's like, whatever, lay down. The fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, the, the, the main characters are not super likable. I mean, I think I like Elsie Fisher just because she's a likable person. I thought she was really good in eighth grade, that movie that she was in. Yeah. Um, her friends are awful. They're kind of shitty people. They come in and like kick the woman out of her home. That's how other face off. Um, and, you know, they're all just like kind of annoying in- influencers. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, there is, an, oh, by the way, maybe this is the, a movie with a go- honest to God uh, chainsaw massacre in Texas. <laughs> on the bus yeah. the bus scene which i did love i was like this is an amazing sequence on the bus with like like a full-on insane i mean a massacre there's no other way to put it right. like yeah, yeah. um i mean the movie does a lot with the short runtime like it packs yeah. a lot of stuff in the ending my hands were on my head i was like the very very ending yeah, i was yeah. shocked like i was like holy shit the movie just it kind of felt like it just they were, I don't know how to describe it. Like they just were like, fuck it. We're making the ninth entry in this franchise. We're just going to go for it, you know? And uh, it's, to me, it's like a fun slasher movie that just is, you know, at this point, everything in this franchise is so separated from each other. And like, I just, you know, nothing will taint the original for me. Um, So at this point, it's like, just have fun with it, you know? And like, go crazy and have a crazy slasher movie with like lots of kills. I thought the number would be higher than what you even said, but um, it feels like there's a lot of kills. I mean, the kills are brutal. They have impact like yeah, a, yeah. a couple of times. I was like, Oh fuck. So um, yeah, I really do like this movie a lot. Actually it's, it's higher on my list, but um, I, I had fun with it. So yeah, I know a lot of people hate it. I absolutely hate it, but I just, I had a blast. So Same. yeah. So, okay. Um, was that your uh, number that six? That was your five. Okay. Um, so my number five was Leatherface, Text Chainsaw Massacre 3 from 1990. Right. We already talked about that. Um, okay. So now we're at the point we haven't talked about yet. <laughs> so what is your number four? My number four was Next Gen, the first reboot. Okay. Okay. Um, my number four, maybe your number three. We might match up here. So my number four is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot from 2003. Is that your number three or it's is higher on higher? Okay. Oh, okay. Now I'm really curious. Okay. So the Text Chainsaw Massacre reboot from 03, yeah. um, uh, directed by Marcus Nispel, who also rebooted Friday the 13th <laughs> um, in 09. Uh, yeah. Another movie yeah. I like. <laughs> directed the CNC Music Factory video, Things That Make You Go, hmm. <laughs> Maybe his most important credit, I would say. Um, and Spice Girls Spice Up Your Life. Oh, well, never mind. That's his most important credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's immediately taking back that statement. So, um, well, I, you had such good info already. I, I will let you take the lead on the uh, on the reboot because you have all the, the info in front of you, I think. Sure. So. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, Text Chainsaw Massacre 2003. There's eight deaths um, directed by Marcus Nispel, as you said, who also did Conan the Barbarian in 2013. Uh, it stars Jessica Biel, Eric Balfour, and Arlie Ermey. Leatherface is Andrew Bianarski, uh, who played Butterfinger in Hudson Hawk. There you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I don't know. They got the walkthrough already in the beginning. They got the John Lara cat in there. They got the fingernails in the hallway. I mean, they got a hitchhiker, um, <laughs> covered the trailer. Um, but the part where she pulls a gun out and shoots herself through the head and the camera passes through her head yes. and her head flops yes. back and we go out the back window. That is an incredible shot. It, and yes. In yeah. the theater, I was like, oh fuck, we're starting there. Like, <laughs> okay, I'm nervous. Um, <laughs> I'm in the hands of insane people. Yeah, that uh that's I'm so glad you brought that shot up because that's an amazing shot. Like that blew my mind when I saw it as a teenager when she, yeah, oh. the hitchhiker shoots herself in the head. They go through the bullet hole, out the back window of the car. Everyone's screaming. Brains everywhere. It's wild. It's a the, wild shot. <laughs> the movie feels hot. And yes. Oh, my God. It, and it's sweaty. It's so sweaty. <laughs> um, there's a scene with the piano scene where we got, we got the hook in the back. So check that off, too. I mean, <laughs> if you're doing like a bingo of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre tropes, we've bingoed already, people. Um, there's a scene where he's hung up on a hook and his toes are just touching this piano that's for some reason stored down in the wettest basement of all time (laughs) in the theater i was just grinning ear to ear because i'm like this is so twisted like this weird like why is the piano there it's just for this weird little twinkle toe situation it's so good um to get a chainsaw on the floor in the shack chainsaw on the groin there's a whole meat market section there's a cleaver through an arm it's just like uh, Ermy feels like he's improvising again and his eyebrows against his hat are the most extreme thing in the movie. Um, <laughs> old man has a catheter. It's just, there's pee everywhere in one scene. It's so gross. There's some artisanal salt used in one scene. Uh, oh, yeah. We watch Leatherface. So, um, and then we see uh, he does a full, full face put pull off of Eric Balfour and then wears the face. It's just like messed up. This movie knows what it is and knew what it wanted to be. And it's for me, I think the perfect example of a, a reboot, or I'd like to call it just like an update or a retelling of a story that like doesn't take anything away from the first film. It can exist on the same plane. I can watch both of these movies and not have a problem. And I, I aside from not really caring about Eric Balfour in the movie, uh, <laughs> I, I just, I think it's, it's just so well done. And also, if you want to talk about physical releases, the fold-out chainsaw um, steel plate set that they sold with, like, actual, like, well, not actual, but crime scene photo cards that came with it. It's just, they went all out for this thing, and that shows respect for something. It doesn't feel like a money grab, and I just, I, I, my hat is off to them for this. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think you posted a picture of that DVD yeah. release, and I had forgotten how, like, epic that release was. I remember that being, like, a big deal, like, oh, this is amazing. Cause that was still like fairly early on in DVDs. And we were like, wow, look at this, like super cool, <laughs> you know, um, epic release. And uh, yeah, I, I really like this movie. I think it's also, unless I'm wrong, the first time since two that Toby Hooper was kind of involved, I think as an executive producer, although I'm not seeing his name in the credits now. So now I'm confused, but um, I, I saw, I thought I saw that Toby Hooper got a credit like a producing credit for this one maybe i'm wrong like he had i don't think he'd been involved since um two right okay he got a co-producer credit for this one so kind of brought him back in the fold um i i do like this one a lot i you said you made a good point it's like this is like a good way to reboot something and not does not take away from the original and updates it 
Um, yeah. And funny enough, I thought to myself, man, this was like, I think a pretty big hit. And I'm like, they, I appreciate how far they went and how fucked up it is for like a mainstream movie. I was like, man, how many times they have to go to the MPAA? Because like right. for all the accusations thrown of the original movie being like really violent, they don't show a lot as we talked about, but this one does show a lot. <laughs> like it makes up for it a lot and how graphic it is and how things hurt. Things feel yes. very like visceral and like, it is sweaty and gross and hot and like, um, but for some reason works so much better for me than the beginning, even though I feel like they kind of have the same aesthetic, you know, it's like uh, yeah. the, I don't know why this one, this one, it works much better for me. And I was like happy to revisit it and it held up pretty well. Um, I think it, it's, it'll never to me live up to the original just because it has this like, I mean, what can anyway, but it has this like very like, even though it's still really fucked up and gross and everything, it has this like Hollywood sheen on it mm-hmm. and it has stars in it that I recognize and you feel a little safe because you're like, well, Jessica Biel and like uh, Arlie Ermey and I at least know Eric, Eric Balfour was in everything for a few years. I don't know why. <laughs> like I never got the appeal of that guy. He might be a nice man, but I he was like in stuff and I don't know why. Like everything he just... No idea. It was weird. I don't know. But yeah, he was just popping up at stuff. And again, I don't really love... Uh, the the characters that much Jessica Biel I think is a really good like main character final girl mm-hmm. like she's pretty strong in her own right um somebody pointed out and I mean I I won't we don't do like she's very attractive but this movie like really is like so male gazy toward her <laughs> a lot of your points in interviews and it's like the camera's in love with her I'm like you know it's it's kind of wild how much they are just like oogling her in like her white tank top and jeans <laughs> like I had forgotten how insane it is like they're just like they're like bam Jessica Beale. and it's like yeah she's very beautiful I understand but you're gonna pay uh, the money I mean right. <laughs> it's uh it's start. just wild it's like a different time you know it was like oh three and it was just like oh yeah they were just really going over the top with this but um I think she's a no I, I think she's a very strong like final girl and like believable enough that like yes she's in danger but she could kind of fend for herself and like yeah. uh you root for her and um so i appreciate all that and i think leatherface again is pretty scary in this like yeah he's um, big he's foreboding he's not making weird sounds it's just like <laughs> uh i think i did unfortunately hear something about the guy that plays him um andrew uh Bynarski. i think in real life he's kind of a piece of shit i think like uh, Butterfinger and Hudson Hawk is a piece and, of shit. <laughs> and Zangief and Street Fighter. Uh, <laughs> also an important. Man. I know. I think. I, I hope I'm not disparaging for no reason, but I could have sworn I've heard he's not a great guy in real life. But um, but he he made a good leather face. He did he did a yeah. good job. He's super imposing. He's very scary. Um it's it's a very like, yeah, it's a good update. I mean, it's different than the original, um, even though follows some beats very closely, obviously, but um, you could watch them, I think, and I did watch them pretty close together, and it wasn't yeah. like I was watching the same movie twice or anything. You know, it was. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know what to say about it because again, it's it's very similar to the original, but it's just this kind of updated, slick, two thousands horror movie with a hot young cast and all this stuff. And um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's good. I like it though. I think it's super watchable again, and like, it, you know, it's a fine horror movie. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I like it. I like it. So. Um, Anything else you want to say on that one? <laughs> no, just that like as you know, the the theme I kind of really went with is like how much time do I want to spend with these movies? And these up here I've returned to a couple times, like my top five. 
I've seen at least two and more as we get higher. And so that's what I really was going for is like, do I, would I want to watch these again? Like, not just, is it a good movie? Cause like the exorcist is amazing, but do I want to watch it all the time? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no? That's understandable. So um, I'm just saying uh, there might be something that upsets people in these top three. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm very curious now. So, okay. The, the reboot was my number four. Yeah. And what is your number three? Okay, my number three is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. From 1974. <laughs> From 1974. Wow. This is this is like the shock of shocks right now, Dirk. I am I am blown away. I, I thought possibly number two. I thought maybe number two, not number three. I'm very surprised by this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I, I'll let you, I'll let you say your piece. I'm just, I'm just shocked right now. I'm, I'm, I'm just almost speechless. <laughs> okay. So Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the OG from 1974, there's five deaths directed by Toby Hooper, written by Toby and Kim. Uh, it's a classic starring Jim Cedow, Marilyn Burns, Paul Pertain, uh, John Larry Katz, the original talk over scrawl text dude. He was supposed to sound like Orson Welles. Um, <laughs> supposedly, John was paid a joint to record this. I love I think that. I've heard that before, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, originally, it was titled Head Cheese and then Leatherface, eventually changed to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, we get the weird violin sound. We see our first dead armadillo. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, Franklin, one of the most hated characters on screen. Um, <laughs> we get a hitchhiker. We get all these things that, like, by this point, you've heard us talk about all, all of these other films. These are all the things that people keep going. If we're going to make a TCM film, it's got to have this beat, this beat, this character, this visual, this, you know, whatever. Um, great tracking shots in this movie. There's sunflowers, in case anyone's wondering why the sunflowers were there in the newest film. Um, it's from the first one. There's a head hit with a mallet. We get the twitchy legs, just very unnerving stuff that mm -hmm. we haven't really seen in films before. The, the tracking shot of the swing and the lady's ass walking towards it it's that's directly lifted later on we get the meat hook hang that we don't actually see then in later movies they're like they should probably see it a couple times um <laughs> gunner hansen's great uh although i read that he based his character off somebody who was and he just straight up says it in the 70s but they used the r word again yeah. and uh you know it's different times i i get it it i don't like it but there it is yeah um, yeah and then yeah just uh there's lots of dark woods leatherface has three masks um leatherface grandma and then one with has makeup on it um it's a masterpiece i mean i don't know what you could say that's not good about it the only reason it's not higher is because of uh well growing up in the video store there was other ones that i liked to watch and uh and i mean well obviously i already said one of them but like uh <laughs> yeah i just it's it's amazing but if i put this at number one just because it's amazing i wouldn't be going with my heart because there's one film in all of nine all of the nine that when i press play on it it's like a song from my heart it's like the tones of it and everything it's all right where i want it to be also it's not the most overtly humorous film so i've seen it way less <laughs> yeah 
than the other film I'll talk about. So that's why I know people were mad about it, but it's my number three. <laughs> Text Jane's Massacre, 1974. Okay. And it'll be higher on my list. Uh, spoiler, <laughs> it'll be a little higher on my list. Uh, in a way, I understand what you're saying because I keep this movie very kind of, uh, what's the word? Like protected or special. I've talked before on the podcast. There's movies that have like certain power to them, I feel like. Yes. And I don't want to rob the movie of its power by like watching it all the time. Nope. So I only watch the original like, I don't know, every few years, like three or four, maybe. I mean, like, I don't watch it like yearly. No. Um, I don't want to. And I, but even though I think I, it's a masterpiece and I love it and it's amazing, but it's like a movie that I want to keep special. And I feel like if I watch too much, it might lose some power. And I don't want to do that. Um, so I kind of get, if you're going for like, and this is a personal ranking we're doing. It's not like we're yeah, like yeah. doing an objective best or anything. Oh, no, it would have to be number one because it started it all. It's the reason there's eight more of them. But right, like, right. <laughs> we're going to do a personal. I think, you know, just got to be like, honest with yourself even if it feels very like <laughs> naked in front of the world and being like i don't know this is <laughs> what's happening here but uh i <laughs> i understand so on that in in that way i understand um kind of what you're saying and i, I don't know i i think in this case we're so close to like the top that i will say more when we get to it on my list yeah. like yeah, yeah. um but I, I i get what you're saying it makes sense it's not like you're even saying it's bad. You're, you're saying no, it's a masterpiece. So you're, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, I mean, look, I said my number two was Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003. I've watched that movie way more times, but it also yeah. comes based on my love for this movie. So it's just like, you could put them interchangeably in a way for me, but this one's a masterpiece. It's only ranked at the third one because it's like, I mean, I've honestly returned to the other one way more times. So I, I know I have to put it up. I have to put it up higher. <laughs> That's fair. And I think the thing about the O3 reboot is it kind of in a weird way makes it more watchable, even though it is more graphic. It's we. I, I don't know what it is. It is, but that was at a time when the extremism was really yeah kicking up, going strong, and that's what I was fascinated in and seeing yeah, yeah. having an American version of that because it was all coming from like France and Germany, and so it was just like and Japan. And so for us to have like a movie where like yeah, this is this is pretty extreme guys. <laughs> like we, <laughs> we can still do this. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I've done that before with rankings where I'm like, I'll, I'll say like, I know this movie in series in the series is better, but I have watched other movie in the series. more. Yeah. Oh, like I, I great example. I, I love, I've watched Rocky four so many times. Do I think it's objectively better than Rocky one? No, probably not. But I would probably rank it above oh, the first yeah. Rocky movie because, because I just think it's a, for me, it's like a thing I go to more and I put on some really fun watch. Sure. Um, so that's like an example of like, yeah, one of these is probably definitely better, but I go to the other thing more just because it's like a more personal thing that I like to just put on more. I don't know. It's kind yeah. of, I think if you just look at it and go, I put this on, if I choose to put this on more, then I that's probably I like said. it more. Yep. Yeah. That's all I said. It's, <laughs> it's just like, I'm in the mood more for that, the 2003 reboot. And, you know, for me, I was thinking about the first Batman movie. Oh, and uh -huh. when that came out, it had Michael Keaton. I was a child. <laughs> I got to go see it in the theater at the last showing because that's the only ticket that was there. So I was up past my bedtime. <laughs> um, you could not like, 
I mean, there's no way that that movie wouldn't be my favorite Batman movie if I had to rank all the Batman movies. Because everything that goes into that carries so much weight of that like momentous event and staying up late and seeing Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton. And like, I mean, that would be my number one. There's just no, there's too much going in there for me personally. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I I wouldn't even be able to be like, I don't know. I haven't seen some of the recent ones, but like, there's no way they can compete with that <laughs> on a personal level. There's I just understand. No. Yeah, no, it's all about how it is you personally. Yeah, no, yeah. it makes sense. So um, I, I get it. I get it. Um, okay, so the original is your number three. We are talking my number three is, oh, God, so confusing. Texas Chainsaw Massacre from the, 2022. <laughs> Drop the the. Right. <laughs> I love when they get down to like, we're, we're dropping the or we're like, dropping you know, the. Dropping no. a word, yeah. <laughs> the Texas Chain Massacre, um, <laughs> uh, just Texas Chainsaw. Drop the massacre, guys. Um, yeah. Yeah, very weird. So we talked about that. I think enough. Yeah. Unless you have anything else to add on that, but um, okay. So now we're in the nitty gritty here. We're in the top two. So uh, I think My I guess two is the O three film. That's why. Yeah, I think we already. Gonna, okay, your number two is the O three reboot. Um, now I think I know exactly what's going to happen here. Is <laughs> my number two is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. I which, have it higher. <laughs> so, yes, I, I, I kind of figured this might get to this point where it's like, okay, we know what's going on, but yeah. Um, well, let's talk about, this is your number, we're going to say it now, this is your number one. This is my number one. Okay, my number two. So we're very close. And my number one and number two are like, it's a dead heat, uh, basically, between the, the my number one number two. So um, so Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, go ahead. You. This is your number one, so I will let you speak on this one. <laughs> Okay, so Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, this is 1986, so um, there's eight deaths. Toby didn't think the people saw the humor in the first one, so he amped <laughs> it up a lot. Boy, did second. he. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he directed it. It's got an excellent 80s soundtrack, uh, Lords of the New Church, Timbuk3, Oingo Boingo, Concrete Blonde. You get the text crawl catching you up on everything. I love that it included the murders were never found, but over the years, numerous reported Texas Chainsaw Massacres. Like, who's reporting massacres like, hey guys um, found another massacre yes like a murder okay but like when when you're like hey i need to report an entire massacre like that's, that's, that's it. um toby also had his hand in some of the music carrie white did the set dressing it opens with dudes shooting mailboxes and cackling i love these wild guys stretch is awesome um i hate rick the prick never liked him um <laughs> We get hippies instead of yuppies, or instead of hippies, we start with yuppies. They play a game of chicken, and he's talking on a phone, and she can't hang up. That's not how phones work, but I love it. Uh, <laughs> we we get Leatherface with a corpse strapped to him, standing, um, and it's just unbelievable. The whole sequence on the bridge. The, the first film has some amazing cinematography, and, and I love Toby Hooper. He's one of my favorite directors. He knows where to put a camera. Funhouse, one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and this movie really showcases that and it doesn't have to, I just love that Dennis Hopper's great. There's a squirting head done by Tom Savini in this opening part. I, I love this movie. This is the movie that when we put it on, my wife just like looked at me and it was like, oh yeah, this is, this is you, (laughs) this is who you are in a movie. And I was like, yeah, that's what's happening. Um, we see Toby Hooper in a scene where he throws his favorite soda can, Dr. Pepper away. That's come on. Who's not here for that? Uh, 
it's amazing. There's a chili cook-off. There's a lady finds a fingernail and he takes it and says it's a peppercorn. I mean, I work with <laughs> that. Uh, Dennis Hopper gets a double mini chainsaw. Uh, my friend Aaron, when we were growing up as kids, we saw this and he would do that part. He does this little like little jig with his two chainsaws. <laughs> my friend Aaron would do that all the time. Like we, that's how much we loved Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. And the reason we loved it so much is because we laugh a lot together and this movie is so wild and funny and it's like got gore gags and it moves fast and i love it um there's a stretch in the studio that's got super awesome like camera pushes up and down a hallway as the lady's gonna escape i just like <sighs> my wife my <laughs> poor wife i end up pausing movies and i'm like just watch just watch just watch how the camera moves here because there's no edits <laughs> and it's just like a one shot Anyway, Bill Mosley as Chop Top is incredible. Uh, it gives us Dog Will Hunt, which was sampled in the Primus song, John, Jerry was a race car driver. Um, twitchy legs are back. So even Toby Hooper is saying like, well, this is a Texas Chainsaw thing. We got the Chainsaw <laughs> Dance, which is great. Um, Texas Battleland Theme Park is amazing. Also known as House of a Thousand Corpses for those of you playing along. Thank you, Rob Zombie. Um, Leatherface uses an electronic turkey carving knife. And if that's not Toby's red humor he talked about, I don't know what is. <laughs> um, he's carving the chest off of a guy, which is pretty amazing. And then he wears the face. Um, it's the only Texas Chainsaw Massacre where I feel like Leatherface has empathy, um, which is, I think, very oh, interesting. Oh, yeah, that's true. Movie yep. <laughs> that's like funny. Um, <laughs> you don't expect that depth. And I think that speaks to Toby's talent. Um, there's a really gross scene um, <laughs> in this movie. I, I won't even get to that, but we get Franklin's corpse in the wheelchair, which is, you know, people didn't like Franklin. So he, Toby's in on that too. <laughs> the film is just too beautifully shot. I kept writing because it's, it's lit so amazing. The depth of the corridors in this theme park is yeah. just unbelievable. Grandpa with the mallet is hilarious. Um, Dennis Hopper chainsaw uh, through the guts is cool i just wrote this movie fucking rules i love <laughs> texas chainsaw massacre 2 the poster where he's riffing on the teen movies at the time is just so funny to me i just think this is how you like react to when you put your movie out and it's a success but it's not seen the way you want it to be seen so you're like i'll show you how i want it to be seen and he does it and it's the second film and he's already like undercutting the first one <laughs> setting up for six different timelines and so many different reboots and fragments. And I just think that that's, that's really amazing. Uh, that was great. That was all very well said about this movie. I'm glad you love this movie uh, that much. Like that's really great. <laughs> like, uh, and I, this is what it comes down to. I feel like is like between the first two movies is like direct both right by Toby Hooper could not be like more different ways to, kind of tell these stories yeah. like i love that it's the same director and just playing this completely differently and i love the idea of like okay you guys didn't get the comedy the first time let me really like <laughs> nail it home for you that this is supposed to be funny um so darkly funny i was laughing out loud when leatherface trying to he puts the face on caroline williams and is like moving yeah. her hands around yeah <laughs> like just cackling to myself like it's like fucked up stuff but it's like really funny and... oh yeah when chop top is hammering the guy and he's going uh males in and just keeps hitting him in the head with pain like such an amazing like i don't know i just love toby Hooper. yeah toby hooper's like sense of humor because it's so it's got so many movies have this streak of what they call it once like the streak of 
they're madness or yeah. like it's mean, like this a mean streak in a lot of them it's yeah but i think he he always kind of keeps it like not wacky is probably not the right word but it's like is it's they're kind of mean and ugly things but like almost like he's winking at you to say like don't take it that seriously you know what i mean right. <laughs> i don't know like um because by all accounts seems like a pretty nice uh soft-spoken friendly guy um but makes these really fucked up movies <laughs> and uh um I, I, it's, oh man, I love this movie so much. I was really having a hard time debating on what was number one, number two, because I will probably go to Chain, uh, Chainsaw Massacre 2 more than the first one because it feels like less oppressive than the first one. It feels like an easier watch. Um, it looks amazing. I, I was watching the Blu ray today. I was like, this looks so good. Like, I think people don't give Toby Hooper enough credit for being like a really good director. Oh, great director. Because the first, everyone's like, oh, the first uh, Tech Chainsaw Massacre is so like raw and, and like, I mean, it is, it is in a way, but it also is well shot. You know, it's like, it's not like amateur hour or anything. And this one has Canon, God bless Canon, give him all this money (laughs) to make this movie. And they got this insane, like, black comedy thing they probably were like what the fuck is this toby but um sounds like an insane thing to make i know they were like really in a tight schedule i think script pages were being written on the day like and thrown you know things just kind of thrown together very hot conditions they were in that like subterranean layer that (laughs) rob zombie must have ripped off for house without corpses (laughs) like i think he's admitted it i think he's admitted that that's a direct like homage but um but yeah, I mean, it's that that whole thing looks so good. I was like, this thing is set decorated to death. The whole, oh, I love it. Um, so that fucking jump scare with Leatherface coming out of the the yeah. like music room in the that's uh, radio station. Um, mm. I knew it was coming today. I was watching this today. It was like, and I I knew I was looking right at it, knowing it was coming. It still got me to jump. <laughs> it's so yeah. good. So I'll never loud. forget. Years ago, a few years ago, I was watching it. And my sister was there, like, uh, and she was doing like something on her computer and like half paying attention to the movie. And like when that jump scare happened, she literally left <laughs> the seats, like her body came off the seat. She yeah. jumped like into the air, was like, oh, like so it's a he's so good at that kind of stuff. And like, um, I'm trying to think. I love Caroline Williams in this is stretch. She's yeah, great. Stretch. The ending again is amazing, like in a whole different way than the first one, but in kind of a uh, kind of a callback, but very different. Um, I don't even know. I do, I do really love it. Um, it's, it's so great. Now I'm just like, see, this is, <laughs> I'm glad we're doing this like as a ranking, because if I did an episode on like just the first or second movie, I'd be like at a loss for words. Cause I love them so much. And that's why I just start falling over myself. And I'm like, it's so great. Um, well, it's like it's- a, like I said, with the exorcist, it's like the exorcist, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's these movies that are just arguably, like masterpieces but like i love exorcist 3 like i'll watch that <laughs> yeah. i think that's super fun it's got great acting some great sequences another great I, jump scare <laughs> i've seen it way more times than i've seen the first exorcist it's like because i'm in more of the mood for the fun that the, the ride is giving me the the fun that i desire and yeah. <laughs> some, sometimes you want to watch the masterpiece and other times you're like i'm gonna pop some popcorn and let's get wild and crazy and laugh at this guy whose face has been carved off and he's still alive talking to her oh it's i mean it's wild like things that should not be funny somehow he makes funny in the second one and i really appreciate it um um dennis hopper's great he fits right in in this fucking crazy 
I was like, what a great year for Dennis Hopper. He does this and Blue Velvet. Mm-hmm. Like he just, I think he had a couple other movies that year too that I was looking at to be. I was like, man, he had a hell of an '86. Like, um, completely insane. A great chainsaw fight. You brought up Tiger on Beat earlier. Yeah. Um, my every movie is better with a chainsaw fight. You should have a chainsaw fight in like The English Patient. It would have, you know, we'd still be talking about it if it was if it had a chainsaw fight. Yeah, he goes back to the cave and she's got a chainsaw and she's like, now we fight to the death. I would have been like. <laughs> This thing rules. Uh, the King's Speech put a chainsaw fight in there. It's like every every best picture winner from the past. Oh, yeah. should have a chainsaw fight. Have a movie where Sean Connery says, you're the man now, dog. And then the <laughs> chainsaw fight. <laughs> this is what I want. <laughs> I have a friend who really loves that. Finding Forest. Yeah. And we all just randomly be like, you're the man now, dog. Uh, <laughs> to each other. Um, or they're searching for Bobby Fischer and they find him and he has chainsaws. This right. is a better movie. Forget the chess match. We're in a chainsaw fight. But yeah, so uh, there's a chainsaw. F- I mean, what? it's like everything you could want in a movie. It does have a great soundtrack. I was appreciating that more today than I think oh, I ever have. This um, is a great film for if someone's like, I have something, an open slot for my 31 and 31 in October. This film feels so October, Halloween-y, like fun, spooky time. Like the way it's lit with lots of purples and reds and orange. It's it's just perfect the lighting's amazing like i said it's like set decorated to death and i appreciate the hell out of that like it puts so much stuff going on in those uh, especially in that like subterranean thing um i don't know it's great i love it so much um it's so toby hooper um i in my opinion i don't know would you would you say this or like funhouse are the two most toby hooper ish movies i feel like they're the most him you know what i mean like the most like i think so because i think this is so purposefully like he just he was driven to do this and in yeah. stone and um yeah funhouse i just think is i mean that's my favorite toby hooper movie um i could talk for hours and i did <laughs> with lindsey wilkins on oh Schlock yeah on. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah so i don't know i just love i feel like there's a lot of times where fucked up things are happening in front of the camera i can imagine toby hooper behind the camera like cackling to himself you know just having a great time because he just elbowing tom savini like like, can you believe we're getting away with this um i i I haven't said this the whole time but now we're talking about toby hooper that like i always liked toby hooper knew he's one of the the horror you know legends of directing and uh but i don't think i really truly appreciate him until i started listening to patrick bromley um Mm -hmm. talk about him and read uh, his writing Toby Hooper because he made me like really like love Toby Hooper like and now I just he's one of my favorites and uh, he's so unique and like the yeah. things that are him are so distinctly him and it's funny the I did with this franchise was I knew I knew that if I started with his two movies that it was all gonna be downhill oh, so yeah. I started at three and worked my way that way and then when I got to the end it went back to one and two what an experience that's like that's like being in like the desert and then you find water you know it's like you find an oasis and i was like oh toby like it makes you appreciate what his work so much more um yeah. and there's been enjoyable entries in the franchise but it's like no one's been able to no. capture what he did in either of the first two movies and they're wildly different but like um they've tried they just I, it's just not he's so unique you can't can't copy him and um yeah i i mean it's i i love this movie so um yeah <laughs> i don't know i'll say about texting on massacre too and i think you said a great bit i love that you love it so much too so um so yeah i think okay so if that was my number two and your number one yep do we need to do your number wait <laughs> yeah now i've lost the thread we already covered my all of mine 
Okay, your number. So your number two is the reboot. Yep. The okay. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So I guess we're on my number one. Uh, and I like I pained over this with what was one number one number yeah, two. It's so hard. I thought. Oh, I thought Chainsaw Two may be my favorite, but rewatching everything and rewatching them back to back, I gotta put the original at number one because yeah. I this oh man just i i don't even talk this movie because it's like been talked about to death it's almost 50 years old um smarter people than me have said everything they can about it like written about it talked about it um it's one of the best horror movies ever made i think i don't even it's just an amazing movie it feels like when you watch it still that it's like it was made by crazy people (laughs) and it's like how does this exist it feels so um like raw and dangerous and but still well shot like i we always go back to that shot um behind jesus christ it's like 12 30 no it's almost one here what is uh red shorts i was called uh when she it's an amazing sequence because kirk that character kirk gets killed by leatherface one of the all-time great moments in a horror movie the door when he comes out the door fucking terrifying hits him the legs twitching pulls him in slams the door amazing and then she walks in and we go they go under the bench they do the yes. camera move under the bench yeah. and come up and follow her into the house it's amazing stuff um so i mean just an amazing like i, I oh god i'm just gonna say amazing all the time so i a movie with so much power like from the opening narration from the opening narration i am like this movie had so much uh, power that other movies don't have and it still like freaks me out it like rattles my nerves in a way that like no other movie <laughs> like rattles me from the get-go and um it's so uncomfortable which is probably the reason i don't revisit that much too it's like it's a very yeah. uncomfortable movie um by design and it yeah. feels like and i know it was like hell shooting in that house i know it was like they were in texas in the summer i'm pretty and it was hot as hell it was like a hundred and something degrees there was rotting meat, I think, everywhere. <laughs> like, sounds like a nightmare. Uh, but comes through in the final product, so I guess worth it. Um, and just, you feel the heat. You feel it's so oppressive. It's so insane. It feels like you're legitimately trapped with crazy people because the actors and the family are so good at, like, just feeling like legitimate <laughs> psychopaths. And Gunnar Hansen's like, amazing leather face, like... Yeah so imposing so scary like like i can't even imagine going to this blind and just like you don't when leatherface first appears you're like what the fuck am i even looking (laughs) you don't have time to even process what you're seeing and then it's like i'm dead now and like it just um the ending is amazing one of the most iconic endings of all time um just i couldn't i i feel like you'd sit in the theater just for like minutes afterwards and be like what did i just see like um one of those things where I wish I had the experience of like seeing it when it came out and not knowing what I was in for. Um, I love it. I think it's, I always say it's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. I think it's one of the best horror movies ever made. Uh, there's nothing quite like it. I know people tried to replicate it. Um, they couldn't, they didn't have Toby Hooper, so they couldn't do it. So um, it's, it's fantastic. I don't know what else to say. I, I, I couldn't put it below number one. I'm like, this is, you know, this is just one of the best things ever. And uh, even though I don't watch it that much, uh, still holds up super well. And yeah. I just don't want to, like I said, take that power away from it. Cause it's just so amazing. And um, yeah, I don't know. It like, 
I don't know what else to say. <laughs> so I don't know if you have any other thoughts on it or anything, but um, just, yeah, <laughs> what a movie. No, I said my piece. I think is, you said it really well with, and then added on uh, that, you know, intelligent people have already said everything to be said about this over 50 years. But um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just, that's what it is. It's a masterpiece. And, you know, it's hard to not, talk about a masterpiece without saying everything is awesome constantly because that's why it's so great <laughs> it's so good yeah. and you know the the cinematography especially when you see some of those shots you're just like it doesn't have to have this but that's why toby's so good he's a he's a great filmmaker and yeah. you know you you get those flourishes and you go oh that's why this doesn't just seem like leatherface 2017 <laughs> Oh boy, ooh, they feel like a long time ago we talked about that horror movie. Right? And they could not be farther apart. Uh so um yeah, I don't know how he pulls it off where it's like it is like uh, it's a lot of yelling and chaos, especially near the end, like the third act, you know, they're on the dinner table and it's like I, I remember I I I put this on, I don't know, a, a few years ago at my house, like in the background. We were going through channels and I had like a few people over. And I just, I was like, oh, text chainsaw. I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, oh, look what's on. I put it on. And everybody was just like, what the fuck are we watching? <laughs> like, cause right. it's a lot of, it's a lot of like noise and chaos and yelling. And it's, it was distracting everybody. And I was like, okay guys, bad choice. Sorry, sorry. Um, it's just, cause it is chaotic. And that's funny. A lot of the sequels don't understand. Like, they're like, oh, let's just have a lot of people yelling and saying crazy shit and going, acting crazy. But like, it's just something that they can't capture but the original and like a funny beat um in the original that i don't think people got as funny is grandpa trying to yes. swing the hammer and he can't he can't do it um because you're so fucking scared that it's like nothing's funny at that you know what i mean it's like um it's it's so terrifying that it's like it's like you can't even laugh <laughs> like the whole scenario is so terrifying that it's hard to find the humor in it especially for a long time i've gotten to it now but it's like for a while, I'm just so unnerved. I'm so rattled that I'm like, I can't laugh right now. I'm scared. <laughs> so, um, but it is, I mean, it's a funny beat, but again, I can see why nobody would get it. Cause people were probably so like, you know, gripping the seats they're disturbed and by that they're point. so yeah. deeply disturbed. Yeah. It's like, um, I mean, just, just crazy. Like, um, I don't even know. It's I, like, again, masterpiece. I don't know what else to say. Uh, important question though. How do you feel about Franklin? The most divisive character in the I never had a problem with him. When I started yeah. like caring and reading like horror stuff, uh, I was like, what? What is happening? Like what doesn't <laughs> <laughs> seem as divisive for me as the kid from the Baba Duke. <laughs> I don't mind that kid either. I mean, it's a kid, he's got, you know, he's he needs help. I don't and know. I, it's like... I get what they were going for with that character. Right, right. I mean, that is far more grating to me than than Franklin. Oh, I, yeah, I could see that. I, I feel like I usually must feel sympathetic for these characters. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I do feel, I, this time I think I felt worse for Franklin than I usually do, even though he is fairly whiny at some points. Like, yeah. especially when they're fighting about the flashlight at a certain point. It's like, okay, Franklin, shut the fuck up. But it's also like, he, he is in a shitty spot. He's like, you know, he needs help doing stuff. And it's like, this would suck to be on this road trip with people. And it's like, you're kind of, you know, stuck basically. <laughs> it's, you know, um, I don't it know. It was very inclusive for a 1974 film to have a character with mobility issues. I think that's something that people skip over re really quickly. Is like you don't actually have characters that are in a wheelchair uh, 
in films if it's not a movie about someone that's in a wheelchair like he's just a, a, a character on this journey you know yeah that's true that's a good point um uh you know what's funny <laughs> i was thinking of other annoying characters you know what i find i think even more annoying is shelly in friday 13 part three Sure. I can't I can't stand that guy. Uh, <laughs> it's like leave Franklin alone. Let's pick on Shelly. I think the people don't like him either. But um, yeah, uh, I try to think of anything else. I mean, let's rank um, worst people. In yeah, no, no. <laughs> uh, Marilyn Burns. I got to give Marilyn Burns credit because she's great, too. That's a hard I was like, this yeah. must have been a tough job because you got to sit there in this hot ass house that stinks yeah. to hell and just scream for probably days on end. And um though at the end when she's in the truck and it's she's doing yeah. that like that laugh but it's like she's lost her mind you're like she's not gonna be okay for oh. like uh, maybe ever um she's so good i mean it's oh boy it's it's wonderful i'm glad we're talking about it in this way because i could not dedicate a whole episode of this because i would just be like you know like it, this is awesome Ooh, you know <laughs> I mean, right. nothing nothing Part great to add new to say yeah but yes. personally then everyone has a story about it right right um yeah still gets to me still has a lot of power so um i guess that's that's our lists uh it is the only thing i was truly shocked by was your placement of the original but you made your your point made total sense when you said it. i was like i get exactly what you're saying so um yeah because the top three for me it also it's all mood like Oh, I mean, yeah. you're, you're in the top three. So it's just like, <laughs> right. what do you want? What do you feel like today? It doesn't mean any, they're all great. They're all weird. <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah. personally, I, I just return a little bit less, but, but yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess we should read our uh, rankings because they were kind of a mess for a while there too. So I think I lost track of what he even said what. So I will let you read now if you want to do just from worst to best, I guess. Okay, and... yep. Uh, my number nine, why Leatherface? I mean, Leatherface 2017. <laughs> Number eight, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Wait, Texas Chainsaw 3D. Number seven, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Uh, Leatherface. Number wait, six, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Beginning. Number five, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. Number four, Next Generation, which is Texas Chainsaw Next Generation, I think. Um, <laughs> number three, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. Number two, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003. Number one, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. <clears throat> okay, good stuff. And I will read mine now. Um, my number nine, Leatherface 2017. I'm glad we both agreed on that. That was probably... <laughs> That's inarguable. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Very passionate about that one. Okay, yeah, number nine, Leatherface 2017. My number eight was uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning. My number seven was Texas Chainsaw Massacre the Next Generation. My number six was Texas Chainsaw 3D. Um, number five was Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. <laughs> it's yes. hard to read together. Um, uh, number four was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot from 2003. Um, a lot of threes in a row there. My number three, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. my number three was the newest one, Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 2022. My number two was Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. <laughs> Good Lord, this is my head's gonna explode. Now, number one was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974, the original. Um, wow, okay, so we did it. Uh, yes, we survived. I, really like, I like yours a lot. I think I agree with everything in your uh, in your nine through through one. It's just because it's personal rankings that some mine are slightly different, but like I definitely had all of yours in those places at one point, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. That's very interesting. 
Thank you. Yeah, I uh, I think the most controversial thing on my list will be putting Texas Chainsaw 3D as high as I did at number six, because I think people really hate that one. I, I don't know. I, I can take these, uh, these. I feel like Texas Chainsaw 3D and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the newest one, have an air of like, fuck it to them. Like they're kind of like throwing their hands up and saying like, let's just go nuts. Like this franchise is insane. Let's just do whatever we want, um, which I appreciate. And like definitely the theme with the bottom two is like just an oppressive, like mean spirited, yeah. like just why, you know, <laughs> like why it's the, the, uh, the key word there. Like, why did we do this? Um, don't need prequels for Leatherface. Like I don't need no Leatherface's origin story. He's not, you know, he's not a superhero. I don't need his backstory. Be like, he collected pogs. Wow. This right. is fascinating. <laughs> That would okay. That actually would be amazing. <laughs> and then he lost his pod collection and went insane one day. And then he <laughs> got dug up, dug his chains out of a wall, and he killed everybody. Yep. <laughs> oh, um, I'm trying to think of anything else to say to wrap it up. Do you have any other final final thoughts on this franchise or what we've done here in this ranking or anything? No, it's been a wild ride. I both regret it and thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> um, I am so glad. I got to uh, to do this with you and you know that it could be a, a celebration of just people having different points of view as opposed to lambasting people for personal taste. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, this has been really fun. Thank you for having me on. Oh, well, thank you for doing this. I, again, I think, yeah, I think I was looking forward to talking about it with you than even watching the movies <laughs> oh, for the most sure. part. Like yeah. when I was watching the bad ones, I was like, okay, well, at least this will be like a fun conversation with Dirk because like, uh, I was, I, I don't know why I assumed you'd hate the same ones I did. I just was like, he probably oh, won't like much. these. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, um, and I was like, at least it'll be a fun conversation, which it was. So I'm glad we finally got to talk. I'm glad I finally got you on the show. Um, next time we should just do like one movie. Let's really keep oh, it. Oh, okay. Keep yeah. It's simple. Just, just one gross movie as opposed yeah, to just one <laughs> gross movie. Uh, I was trying to think of a fun example top of my head, but I, I can't because it's one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so, um, I got a power nap in earlier, so I'm good. But uh, um, yeah, this was a ton of fun. Uh, Hellraiser next time. No, no, no. Let's oh, never. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Dirk is off the chat. No. <laughs> um, yeah, just one one gross movie maybe or something. We'll figure it out. But um, it was it was fun to talk about. It. So all worth it in the end. So um, and what a franchise from like the top of the franchise, the highest quality, the bottom. Yes just a fucking grand canyon between them i feel like. like yeah and i would i would love it if anyone listening has their ranking of the nine like if you're on twitter go to i'm sure this is posted when this episode came out and just tag us on there like i, I would love to see how high 3d is on your list or <laughs> just don't put leatherface 2017 higher i you know what uh, yeah i mean i'll be surprised but i I so think I'm gonna put it number it. one. <laughs> I, oh well, that would be that would be shocking. But I think some people kind of liked it. I I, I don't know. I, I w- that's a good point though. I think when I post the episode, uh, I may put it in the description on Twitter. I'm like, yeah, just like take a screenshot of your letterbox, if you have letterbox, your list, and wow. just just drop it in the uh, the comments because I'm. This is a thing where I feel like the top is usually kind of the same for this franchise, but the middle to the bottom is way oh, wild, way wild. Like everyone has different preferences like i put the fucking new one at number three which i'm sure is going to make people upset because people really hate that movie or some people do so i'm sure it's the bottom for some people it's my number three like um i don't know i i so curious so yes please share your I rankings. Put the reboot over the original i mean we made <laughs> some moves yeah let's not gloss over that 
like um i don't think and that's the thing i think i kind of mentioned it but I just, like between the original and the reboot of the original it's like a very good reboot but something is lost in the hollywoodness yeah. of it i just think you lose that raw edge that the first one has and it's like it's very good but it could never have the power of the original because it still feels like the safety of i'm watching a movie people i recognize but like yeah. you know and i know the first one is like directed by toby hooper and has some uh, you know i know these are actors but i can forget that when i'm i can honestly forget that when i'm watching and just get so sucked into like you know this is this is insane this is like <laughs> the, well, that's the things like you put a movie on you know you're gonna watch a movie right but then once the movie starts the magic happens and suddenly it's not safe even though you're in your living room <laughs> you know you go through <laughs> these emotions and you feel terrible and dirty and gross and scared and frightened and you might cry or whatever and it's like you didn't go anywhere like you're sitting in the same place <laughs> you just watched Ernest goes to camp and had a great comedy romp but it's like you know now it's Leatherface, and you're just like, I want my mom. Like, this is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, and I guess under the reboot too was like because Jessica Biel's a star, and she's in the movie. It's like, and I know her from other things, right? Like that, I just am like, okay, I know who you're an actor, but like, and no offense to Marilyn Burns, like I know her as Sally Hardesty. So it's like, yeah. this is what she is to me. It's like all these people are like these actors are these characters, and you know that's a difference too. There's like a there's no like thing there where I think like, oh yeah, I saw you on Seventh Heaven, Jessica Beale. Like, you know, I don't know how to describe it. It's like there's no safety net with this one. It just feels yeah. like I'm almost watching a documentary or something. It's I don't know. I love it so much. It's totally one of kind. Like I yeah, I mean, what a wild franchise. What a <laughs> what a crazy it's all so over the place. Where will I think the Netflix one did pretty well from what I heard. Like it was very popular. So great there may be more god knows where they'll go next like probably well, another prequel i hope not <laughs> i hope it's not a prequel i, I mean that's what I, that's what i meant like earlier is like sure people hated it and some people liked it but all the views count as views so that's what we need to have happen to get more horror movies you know so it's right. like look i'll watch the next big tentpole i won't even say what it is but it's like i'm not excited about it i already know i'm not gonna <laughs> like it but I'm still going to watch it because I want to support like the people making these things. So these things keep getting made and it's like, you know, and I want to know what other people are talking about. So it's like, I don't know, as long as people aren't attacking each other, I think it's good that we're all supporting these things. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I agree. I agree. Um, so yeah, well, this was a ton of fun. I think we should wrap up, but I, uh, I, I want you to go ahead and plug all your things. People can follow you, follow you and what you're up to and all that stuff. So. Oh yeah. So, um, okay. Twitter is where I'm at mostly. So that's, uh, V V H U S underscore podcast. Um, that's the name of the podcast VHS. Uh, you can find VHS po uh, podcast on any of your podcasting platforms. Um, I'm not on letterbox that often, but, uh, uh my name is Dirk Marshall on there and I do try to post things, but honestly, between booking guests and being a guest and all of that stuff, it's like the last thing I do is be like, here's something I watched, which I know should be easy. I'll work on it people, but, uh, <laughs> Instagram VH dash us, uh, website VH dash us.com. But honestly, you just go to the Twitter. That's where uh, I post all the original artwork. We have wonderful artist Celine Cordero that does, um, artwork for episodes and um that's basically it we're in season nine right now we've now adopted a format where the main episodes or each episode is about a film and the guest has the profession portrayed in the film so like teen witch with a witch that kind of thing 
Um, and then every other episode is a new release late return, which is where we talk about current things that are bringing us joy in the world of our entertainment. And then we take a look back at like a lesser discussed gem. So instead of like a full 60 minutes on one film, it's about 30 where we talk about it, laugh, joke, that kind of stuff. But it's all in celebration. It's not uh, making fun of it, except for maybe one episode. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like Project Metal Beast, like you and I talked about. We did. Yes, yeah. I had you on and we talked about Project Metal Beast and that was a hoot because you had never seen it before and, and i was what? baffled by what i watched i was not even i couldn't even be mad at it because i was like what was project metal beast <laughs> like um there was no hatred like there was for leatherface 2017 it was just more of confusion and yes. saying like oh all right um yeah and i love confusion so a lot of times <laughs> i'm introducing people to films that's like i i mean i'm not concerned with people disliking things i i totally respect people's different opinions but i love someone seeing something going what is that like <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, I again i try to be positive but those couple of these movies in this franchise really push me to the, the breaking yeah. point but um yeah. project metal beast wrote a check that it could not cash it wrote, it made a lot of promises uh project metal beast yeah <laughs> i mean had a very cool poster a very cool name i was expecting something much different and i was like oh they did not have much money no. but uh that was fun i i really had fun on your show just talking about all kinds of stuff in that movie um well, good, so I'm planning about. on having you back so oh okay good <laughs> so um like stuff like games and books things i'm gonna talk about in this show like things outside of movies so um yes everyone should check out your show it's a lot of fun um very positive like you said and uh it's always a blast so um uh yeah so and for our stuff uh you can follow the podcast on twitter at film peace pod you can follow me on twitter at maplet 87 uh, and you can follow me on the podcast on Instagram at Film Feast, all one word. And uh, yeah, please share your uh, Text Chainsaw Massacre rankings with us because I'm really curious. I'm genuinely really curious now. So um, thanks everyone for listening. Dirk, thank you again. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody.